Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stacks. This is Jay. And I'm Shanna Forever. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to try to work it into Serpico. <laughs> I, I was going to. I was going to be Shanaco, <laughs> but that, that sounds like I'm trying too hard to be like a like a um a little um a weeb person who's like tries to add like the co at the end of their name to sound cute it, See, even though that's totally what i would be anyways so i probably should have gone with that fair See, it, to me it kind of sounds like the name of a gas station <laughs> shanico <laughs> fill up at shanico mm-hmm. <laughs> all right all right so our first movie this week we are discussing the classic 1973 Sidney Lumet film Serpico uh and wow this movie like I've as we discussed at the end last week this is one of the Lumet movies that had eluded me up until now uh and it's really contemporary it really is it's um uh basically it's all cops are bastards about 45 to 50 years before well at least before it turned in, before that went into the main public consciousness it completely is the original acab movie I, I i believe i've seen it referred to as such in various reviews and it's not only that it's just like pacino and the way he plays this character and the form of masculinity that serpico has is so contemporary and just his look Mm-hmm. He, he he looks in the 1972. He looks like a disheveled homeless person, but in 2022, he looks um normal. I mean, if he was in the same places that he's in in this movie, he would still look like he belongs there. Mm-hmm. Like currently, if he was in those places in the Bronx or Manhattan, you know. Yeah, he just looks like a normal dude right of right now. He was a trendsetter, that Serpico. He really was. Uh, so it it opens with sirens. Uh, it's it's a real hard flash forward to the results of what happens through the story. We we pretty much start at the end. Yeah, pretty much right at the end. Serpico has been shot. Shot that in the is. face. Yes. Uh, we we see him in the back of a cruiser. They're speeding him to the hospital. We see a bloody bullet wound in his face it's quite an intense open mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and notably they radio it in and someone at the precinct asks think a cop did it <laughs> and, the, and the, the guy says like, i know six cops who'd like to yeah exactly uh it's like okay this guy doesn't like or cops don't like this guy yeah uh and they all know who he is as well Oh, yeah, everyone knows. Because they, they say it's it's Frank Serpico. Uh, and so there it's the car speeding through this downpour in New York. We see just all sorts of people being phoned and informed about what's happening. Because, like, it's big. Mm-hmm. This is a huge development. Yep, yep. Uh, whoever the Serpico is, it's a huge deal that he got shot, and it might have been cops. Yeah, it was probably cops. And probably he's, cops. <laughs> And they've got, like, a New York Times guy on his way there. Yeah. (laughs) To Uh, meet them at the hospital. He's already involved. He knows who Serpico is. Like, this is already big. 
and as we see him starting to be taken in, like they're, they're cutting his clothes off, we flash back to his graduation of the police academy. And I wrote down uh, the, the five qualities uh, that the guy's chanting here. So, okay. integrity, honesty, compassion, patience, perseverance. And immediately my mind goes, these are the demons you must slay. <laughs> <laughs> then everything changed when the Perseverance <laughs> Nation attacked. <laughs> but yeah, uh, actually, <laughs> these are your enemies if you want to be a cop. If you want to be a cop, you must purge these from your mind. And he says, you men are now prepared to join the war against crime. And war against crime, I mean, that that is a New York thing, really. Uh, yeah. Specifically, is kind of where that generates from. Uh, and, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> the yeah. police aren't a military, or they should be less of a military than they currently well, they are. they shouldn't be a military, no. That's, that's not great, really. Yeah. Um, there, there's lots of... Uh, Lots of countries where the police and the military are one and the same. And you know what those countries all have in problem uh, in common? Yeah, they're dictatorships. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have serious problems. Not America, though. Uh, yeah, no, not not America or Canada. No, uh, yeah, not Canada. <laughs> and, and we also have like a couple little flash forwards in this area. We, we cut back to the hospital in the present uh, and they they've set a 24 hour guard and all of the police who were with him are to be officially interrogated. And we see just tons and tons of cops arriving at the hospital, like in the parking lot outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at this point, I'm kind of wondering, like, I don't even really know who Serpico is. Is he a cop? Is he a mob boss? He doesn't look like a mob boss, but he also doesn't look like a cop. Right. And so we cut to the past with his first post at the 56, 52nd Precinct. Uh, and he's very quickly introduced to corruption. Like, it's just instant. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> well, what is it? He arrests a guy? No, no, it's before that. He goes oh. to lunch. Just to, just going to lunch right. at the lunch counter. <laughs> right. He orders a sandwich and the guy is like, what? <laughs> can't, can't believe that Serbuk has the temerity to actually order something specific. And he he, like finds out from the other guy and it's like well no we we for free and it's like that's kind of shitty couldn't i just like pay for it to get what i want <laughs> it doesn't work that way really yeah and they're they're just <laughs> letting the lunch counter get away with double parking beefs like a whole bunch of tickets for this and it's like just take what charlie gives you and it's like this kind of sucks <laughs> yeah yeah it's like okay well uh, hopefully that's that's the worst thing that he's going to have to deal with while on the force um, <laughs> and he can turn his attention towards actual criminals and not have to worry about anything else uh, about the precinct being a problem. Well, it, it speaks to just how pervasive the graft is, just like how oh. deeply it runs, like how just incredibly petty this is. Oh, yeah. Like it is it it is even good. Like they're not happy with it. It's bad food. They don't even get to pick what they want. <laughs> <laughs> when I worked at 7-Eleven uh for about 2 weeks, I had a a cop come in 
and I charged him for his coffee, and the cop just gives me the dirtiest look, pays me the coffee for the coffee, and leaves. Mm. And they're like, we don't charge them for coffee. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's pretty common. I mean, they're like, I mean, okay, I so. I get it, but. <laughs> so it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They have an episode where they pretend to be cops, and a big portion of it is them going to uh, a, a hot dog vendor and just, like, getting free hot dogs out of them <laughs> just all the time. And then, like, he gets sick of it and cuts them off. And, like, I, I think it's when Charlie shows up, and so Charlie has to become Serpico. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, like, it's a great episode. <laughs> I'll have to about rewatch that again. Yeah, I thought about it a lot while I was watching this because it really has an energy that's sort of weirdly similar to this movie. There's a very strange anti-authoritarian vibe to this whole film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very it it doesn't it doesn't whitewash the cops. No, not not in the slightest. Not, not at all. Uh, so later. Uh, they're on patrol and the partner is just sleeping in, in uh, the passenger seat. And he doesn't even want to wake up and bother with a rape in progress. He's like, relax, Frank. It's not our sector. It's right on the border, though, is what Frank says. Yeah. And they're pretty close by. So yeah. Frank's like, we're we're taking the call. Uh, and they do find three guys. They're the first people on the scene. They find three guys in an alley assaulting a woman at knife point. Uh, and they they all take off in different directions, but Frank like jumps a fence and tackles one. You know, good classic heroic cop stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you, you gotta have. See, right now in this particular time point in time, it's not all cops are bastards. It's all cops but water bastards. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it, it's it's we're just like it it runs so deep. Yeah. Uh, and, it's so pervasive that it kind of necessarily corrupts most like it's it's forceful in the corruption oh Uh, yeah we're we're gonna see a few characters who who at like different levels yeah (laughs) these guys are really small time that he's dealing with at this first precinct this fucking sandwich counter (laughs) bullshit is really lame it's so lame (laughs) uh the manhattan guys would think these guys are a bunch of chumps oh yeah so well, they they do because they even well, basically yeah. say that. Yeah. Uh, so the woman gives her testimony, and they take the rapist into the interrogation room. Uh, and immediately, when the door is closed, the other cop starts beating the guy up. And Serpico is just like, Nah, I'm gonna yeah. go and file the report. Yeah. He he kicks him in the crotch. He hits him with a phone book, and then he's like, Frank, you want a piece of this? yeah like right away like hey come beat up the perpetrator right like it's it's just like beat 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 like he he is introduced to all of this stuff so rapidly and you have to imagine that this is a pretty common first day you you are going to be introduced to all this stuff and you know a lot of people are just going to have to go along you know when Mm -hmm. you're in this sort of organization there is a tendency to be expected to go along well, yeah, that that's the whole thing. They the mm-hmm. whole reason, as we're gonna find out, that they get mad at Serpico isn't is because like it's it's not just because he's like going against them because he doesn't even start by doing that. It's just that he won't go along. He's 
at first he's perfectly okay like minding his own business and letting them do their thing but that's not good enough for them it's not good it's enough like, he get, has to be involved he has to personally too. get dirty yes yeah and they they get into it in a bunch of spaces because like they can't trust him if he's not dirty like they are so they can't yeah. trust any cops who are not dirty like they are yeah that, that's kind of like the whole kind of the whole point of the movie and kind of yeah why all cops eventually become bastards right or leave the force yeah so he leaves he fills out the arrest report and he waits until the next day and like when when the guy's being taken away uh frank like gets a hold of the guy and he he asks for like five minutes to like take him to the coffee shop and like talk to him uncuffed for a bit yeah and he uh he talks to the guy uh, yeah, just Basically. simply. Yeah. And He's like, what are you, obligated to these guys? Like, yeah, like, you're going to go down for all of their crimes. Why would you do that? That's stupid. Yeah, like, you, for all I know, you were just a standby, and, like, these are the guys who did everything. Like, what do you owe these guys? And the, the guys, yeah, I guess you're right. And so he does get the info. And he locates the other guys right away. Like, second day on the job, he's already yeah, caught three immediately. guys. And he's there at the basketball court. He's found them. He's got eyes on them. He's like, hey, can you send me another guy to uh, help me arrest these two guys? And they won't. No, man. <laughs> like, let's, I don't want to. He's like, they're here now. And it's like, it'll keep. Like, <laughs> yeah. They won't. Yeah. And so he has to get in disguise. He, he gets in plain clothes <laughs> and he surprises them at a water fountain. He personally catches both of them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and when he takes them in there, the other cops are like, all right, you can go home. We're, we're, we got the rest of this. Yeah. Sir they're going to try like, to take the fucking collar. Circle's <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's my collar. It's like, dude, no, you know how bad it's going to look if you take the collar. Come on. We'll give you an assist. Right. And he says, I don't care how it looks. I did the work. This is my collar. And they're like threatening him. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you left the post without permission yeah um what did they wasn't in uniform they they had a whole list of things that he did that they could that weren't quite up to procedure that they could get him in a lot of shit for yeah which of course you know they would not have done any of it but that's not the point for personally personally (laughs) and heroically capturing two rapists like on his second day and yeah. they it's it's not even like a, a, a thing of safety. There's there's nothing to do with that. It's just like we want the arrest. Screw you. Yeah. Yeah. We we told you to stay out of it, but you went in. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even know the logic. It's like, fuck you. This is ours. You're the new guy. Do what we say. Yeah. And like the, the whole thing is sort of weird because like it, it, it does seem strange. The, like he he does not seem at all to fit in the cop world. Like he he goes to visit his brother at the shoe repair shop after this. And, oh yeah. And he's like trying to set him up with this lady who's from a cop family, and he's like really not into it. It's like, oh yeah, oh, right. Man, I thought we were no. gonna meet. I forgot about that person because we never ended up meeting her. Yeah, because it's just like. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Cop family, come cops. on. He doesn't want to associate with cops. It's it's really 
it, it does seem strange that he's kind of gotten into this line of work. Like he obviously wants to do good. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we find out why it's because of, we find out why later on. Right. Cause he idolizes police despite not really idolizing any of the real cops that he's met. Yeah. He doesn't like the way the culture has become. He likes the concept. <laughs> But like he he does not like the reality, so <laughs> he's gonna continue not liking it. Oh yeah, no, it's not gonna get a lot better. Uh, um, so fifty years later, it's still not better. It's not a ton better. Like in it's fact, different. You might argue it's you it's argue different. It's worse. Yeah, it's, it is it's definitely probably, different. It's it's less petty graft and uh, this sort of like money chain. It's it's more of a different thing. Uh, yeah. But. He's also talking about he wants to move to Greenwich Village, which is, you know, hippie town. So that's also weird. And uh, that's not where cops live. Yeah, he. And he does move there. and He's like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's it's it is weird. Now that I think about it, it is weird that this guy's a cop. He yeah. should be a pot. He should be a weed farmer. <laughs> uh, so he we, we see him next at. A precinct meeting and time has passed because he now has a mustache uh we we see him just get progressively shaggier every scene of this movie and i absolutely love it this is how we know how much time has passed uh or how we can kind of tell because it never or rarely actually tells you you're just supposed to be able to figure it out by how shaggy he is and how big his dog is getting yeah, and like occasionally he'll reference how long it's been, and I'm like, wow, it's been that long, jeez. So this uh, this movie takes place over the course of I figure about five years. Yeah, it's something based like on, that. From the sound of it. Yeah, and this is a true story. Uh, Frank Serpico is a real guy, uh, and we'll talk a bit about him at the end because I I read up a little bit about him recently, and there's a interesting addendum there uh but yes some interesting tidbits that are yeah quite coincidental and uh, so interesting so he's at this precinct meeting and he hears about this fingerprint id course so he can get into cid and potentially become a detective this is so, a fast track to being a detective do this fast track yeah <laughs> you'll get there oh uh, yeah and so we you'll see get him. that promotion. I won't give it to you in writing, but you'll get that promotion. Oh, you'll uh, I, just tell me where you don't want to land, McNulty. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, this made me think of The Wire a lot, too, actually. There's, of course. There's a lot of uh, you, you can really tell which ones are based on real police stuff and which ones are based on the police fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- this one is not copaganda. Uh so he we we cut to later on he's he's working in the fingerprint id section and nobody likes him there either <laughs> he's trying too hard to get a match he he has to he cuz he's uh, he's putting all his effort into it yeah you can doesn't he know you can only do it like like you can only check uh two points or maybe three and that's good enough and he's all like, well, no, because it might still give you a false positive. And he and it's like, dude, but that makes so much work, though. You're going to make us look bad. And you're that's a lot us, of it. Yeah, you're going to make us look bad. Yeah. Like, And it, it's at this point where he moves out to Greenwich Village. 
Uh, and we see him drive to his new place and just him driving and singing was so Charlie from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great. Uh, and like he pulls up to his new apartment and there's people selling puppies. So he buys a puppy. He's got a lot of pets in this movie. He does get a lot of pets that a lot of them don't really get talked about. They're just kind of there and, and they feel sort of like visual gags along with the outfits that he wears. They're all white. They're Oh shit. Yeah. I don't know what You're that's right. about. You're right. They are. They're all, all white. Yeah. So he, he gets a big, like floofy dog. Uh, yeah, I don't know what kind the of big, dog this the is. The big shaggy ones. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's the one from Benji? Uh, yeah. Like Benji or, uh, uh, the the dog from Fraggle Rock. Oh yeah, is, is yeah. one of these. It's one of those. One of yeah. those guys. Sheep dog. Sheep dog. Yeah. I think. This is big big sheep dog. Uh, very cute. Just a little puppy right now, but we'll right. see it grow up. And we see him meet a girl, give her give her a ride on his motorbike. Serpico does not the dog. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want. The, now I'm just going to imagine the whole movie now being about the dog. Like, we want to get rid of corruption. Motorcycle cop like dog. That. Yeah, that, motorcycle that, cop dog. That might be a David Dakota movie. Uh, and and like while she's on the motorbike, she's she's asking him about his gun because she feels it in his pants. And he says he's a lion tamer. <laughs> <laughs> she does, he doesn't want to tell her he's a cop at first. That, that's kind of his thing. He doesn't want to tell people that he's a cop at first. Because he finds very quickly that when he tells people that they don't want to be around him anymore. Yeah, actually, I think it's the next scene or one of the next scenes. They're at a party. It's coming up kind of soon. Um, but first, like she, she's like, oh, I'm an actress. I'm a singer. And he says, I'm a cop. Do you believe that? He's like, no, I don't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. Uh, And this is where it cuts a little bit forward. And he's considerably shaggier. And we see her uh, see the two of them going to the New York Ballet. Ah, the ballet. Oh, yeah, the ballet. That's what it is. And they have this ballet. Yeah. And then they have this really lovely romantic scene where they ballet dance in the rain. (laughs) And then like. At work, the the ballet shit is just not not happening with these people. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He's like, I went to the ballet. The what? The ballet. I'm taking classes. It's fun. And what? he shows off. He shows off some moves. He's reading a book about ballet, uh, the biography of Isadora Duncan. <laughs> and, and the uh, the lieutenant is like, oh my fucking god. so somebody goes up to him is like sir i've got these not now this is important (laughs) uh so serpico he goes into the uh the washroom he's got yep (laughs) (laughs) and there's this other cop there he's got the lights off he's uh got binoculars he's peeping toming out the window yeah he's peeping on this woman undressing across the way from the cop shop from the cop shop um, with the lights out and like Serpico comes in to go to the bathroom and he's like I, I don't want to pee in the dark are you kidding me <laughs> what are you doing but he makes him turn the lights off so he's leaving and then he runs into Strickland from Back to the Future Principal Strickland <laughs> and he's like, like oh the god it's James here? Tolkien 
<laughs> and he's like, what are you doing here with the lights off? Are you, are you blowing gay? that guy? <laughs> it's like, no, I was doing peeping Tom shit. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. It's like, Serpico, I know you were blowing that other cop. You can't get away with, you can't get out of this by saying you were doing peeping Tom shit, which is not a crime in our books. It's totally cool. But and, blowing, <laughs> and meanwhile, the other guy who supposedly got blown. The, the guy who was just actually walked away. doing a criminal act. You know, he just left because it doesn't even left. affect him because who cares? They've just got it out for Serpico. Just, yeah, because Serpico, he's, he's ballet. Yeah, and he might be gay. Might be gay. Yeah, so Serpico goes to Captain McLean. Uh, Captain McLean is an interesting figure in this. He sucks, I think. Yeah, he sucks. I I think he's really fake. I I think maybe he's oh, you know what? less yeah, aware right. of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, than than some, but like he definitely is not really helping in any way he kind of strikes me as more like a little clueless a little bit yeah because like he seems vaguely well-meaning but he's very keep it in the house and uh no matter what like uh, above all other considerations yeah and here he's like listen steiger is like you know tolkien fucking principal strickland he's not going to make an actual report but listen, it's still going to really look bad. Yeah, it'll make the department look bad. So it's really going to hurt your career. So and, and this is where we learn it has already been three years. So he's like, three listen, I want to I, I need to just transfer out of here. This is bullshit. You said it was going to be I was this was a fast. Track yeah, this is a detective. fast track. <laughs> no, you're stuck in a basement. Yeah. And and this is where we see him at a party where her, his neighbors all call him Paco. Oh yeah, right. So this is this is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, so they're like an art gallery jazz party, and it rules. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Everyone's like all dressed all fancy and stuff. And, and he's dressed really cool. Yeah, and and she's introducing him to her friends. It's like this is Paco. He's a cop. Oh. And every time this is said, people just kind of drift away from him. <laughs> and he kind of yeah. takes her aside, like, could you, like, stop telling people I'm a cop? I don't know. <laughs> we'll just let, let it come let up naturally in conversation. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get there organically. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let let them understand that I'm cool before they understand that I'm a cop. I'm, I'm the cool cop. Yeah, because otherwise he just looks like a narc. Yeah, exactly. Actually, so yeah, he, that's that's why he's probably so good for undercover. He looks like a narc. He well, he now looks well, kind of like a narc, but you know, yeah. then he just looked like an actual hippie. Yeah. And he reports to his new precinct, and the desk sergeant's like, "This the mustache has got to go. You look like an asshole with dentures." <laughs> I can't remember what exactly he says. But basically, it's like, this helps me to connect with the people on the street, blah, blah, blah. Basically, I'm not going to shave my mustache or hair yeah. ever again. Yeah, and he, he immediately was like, can I appeal this with the captain? He's like, well, if you do, you're in shit. And he's like, I'm going to appeal it with the captain. And the the new captain does back him up. Uh, he, yeah. He's like, the police need better street communication. We're completely out of touch. 
Uh, and it's like all of the undercover cops we have out there are completely obvious because of the way they dress. You can pick them out because that's not how these people dress. You're all wearing like patent leather shoes. and Yeah. Yeah. What does he say? White socks and black shoes. <laughs> White socks and black shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And the captain's like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. You're you're right. And he does back him up on. Yep. Yep. So... Continuing to be plain clothes. Yeah. So Serpico is now does not have to shave his mustache or cut his hair ever apparently for the rest he of his never time will. as a cop <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> he does Doesn't. not so we see him in undercover clothes and he's watching someone break into an office through a window and he gives chase and it's you know it's a cool chase and then like he's caught the guy and yeah. two uniformed cops start shooting at him and perp while he's arresting him oh yeah right they're just shooting and he's like getting behind a dumpster trying to arrest the guy while screaming, I'm a cop, I'm a cop! Just, like, pull, moving his, like, showing his badge around the corner, sticking his badge out from behind the dumpster. Yeah, and, like, they've, they're just, like, shooting wildly. They blew away a, someone's windshield of their car, just, like, destroyed. And, like, they, they obviously weren't aiming, and him chewing them out is so great. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they're like, well, we didn't know it was you, Serpico. It's like, so why you just shoot fucking wherever? I I whenever. Have, I, I I wrote down his his oh, whole oh. whole thing. It's like you file without looking, without warning, without a fucking brain in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like it's like, come on, Serpico, we're gonna be in trouble. We shot up these cars. We're gonna have to fill out all these reports. <laughs> so many reports. At least let us have the arrest. Just let us have the arrest. And he did all the heroic stuff and got shot at for it. And he's still like, oh, they right, don't right. even know why this guy's getting arrested yet. No clue. He's like, <laughs> okay, fucking take it, but you have to tell the captain that I gave it to you. <laughs> I don't. I bet they didn't. It's very likely that they did not. Very likely. Uh, so then we, we cut forward to this kind of interesting plainclothes meeting where they're passing out marijuana cigarettes so that everyone can <laughs> recognize them and understand their effects. <laughs> That's I'm cool. Just, I'm just like, this is the man, 60s, this right? Is, uh... This would be like, hmm, I, I got to say like maybe circa 69 or 70, right? Yeah, so it kind of makes there. sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, it certainly there. would be a big part of their job at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, how many of these cops don't already know? Oh, right. And, like, he is the only one in the room who is not obviously dressed like a narc. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. this is where he finally has his full beard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so there's the dude who's next to him, uh, Bob Blair, who becomes his buddy, played by Tony Roberts. And they're like just sitting in the back smoking. <laughs> and then they, like, man, this is good shit. This is good shit. And they, they go to the subway stoned and get to know each other a bit. <laughs> it's a really fun scene. Like Bob's yep. trying to get into the vending machines, but they're just not working. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I wish I wrote it down. There was some funny or interesting graffiti on the vending machine, and I made oh, a mental note remember. of it, but I actually didn't make the mental note. Right, right. I just made a mental note that there was something on the right. vending machine. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, why don't we just shoot it out? You can't shoot it out. <laughs> 
So we learned Bob is with the mayor's office of investigations. He's like, I think we'd work well together. You've got a feel for the streets. I've got a feel for the politics. But obviously Serpico is kind of just staying at his level. He he kind of just doesn't want to, like he wants to be on the police. He doesn't want to work for the mayor. Yeah, he wants to be a detective still. Hmm. He, he, he does feel like he should be able to get there eventually. He should. And then we have this weird scene where his girlfriend tells him that she's marrying someone else. Uh, and like they're drinking white wine in the bath together at the time. Yeah. So my understanding is like we skipped through a whole bit of. Well, it's been three years. Wanting, yeah. Her wanting him to ask her for marriage and him like, nah. Yeah. Cause and, he's working towards being a detective and I guess it's just not working out. And he, you know, it's just not there for him, I guess. Yeah, and he, and he asks her, like, can I come to the wedding when she marries this Texas guy? He's pretty cool about it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm I'm marrying this guy in Texas in two months. Unless you he's, marry me first, is what she says. Right. And he's, he's like, like oh, come well. To the wedding? <laughs> yeah. So he moves to a new precinct. <laughs> yep, I guess. Uh, so this is the 93rd precinct, and his first day, he's just handed an envelope of cash. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, what, what did they, uh, it was from Max the Jew. That's what it was. It's like <laughs> such an obvious bribery name. Oh yeah. And he goes to Bob. They, they meet up at an empty stadium and like, it's like, okay, we're going to bring it to a senior investigator and he's the most honest cop I know, Frank, trust me. And I think this guy is okay. Hmm. Like he he's the guy who so they, they go to him and his first thing is like, Serpico, don't you think it's stupid taking an envelope from someone you don't know? <laughs> well, well, how am I going to know what's in it if I don't take the envelope? Right, exactly. And this is where he gives him his two options. Like, well, you could go to CID and the grand jury. He's like, I don't want that. And he's like, yeah, we'll find you face down in the East River if you do that. So there's that or forget it. <laughs> yeah option like, two is oh, forget it yeah so the guy's obviously he's honest <laughs> he's just yeah. like look we, we can't fight city hall here so at, at a police gym he just brings the envelope to a sergeant he's like i don't know what to do with it so he's i'll send it to the benevolent association I'm just like <laughs> donate yeah okay fine yeah. whatever serpico and then we see him chatting and flirting with his neighbor while they're gardening in the backyard. You know, he's a new, new love interest for Serpico. Yep. yep. He's very charming. He's sexy. He like, hot young Al Pacino. Peak. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a young Al Pacino before. Yeah, like, this is right in between the two Godfather movies. Just, like, really living it. <laughs> and, like, already he wants out of the 93rd Precinct. <laughs> yeah. like right away it's like it's it's so corrupt here uh but he he just can't find any place that will take him as a plainclothes officer and he's like i'm not gonna cut my hair and wear a uniform that's ridiculous it's just not the kind of policing i want to do <laughs> yeah he doesn't even have his cervical reputation yet he's just got his shaggy reputation <laughs> i guess yeah he's shaggy and he doesn't like he's maybe starting to get like a bit of a thing where people don't really uh, know what it is he wants, but like, 
uh, he, he, so McLean, Captain McLean calls him at home and he's taping the call because he already knows that everything is fucking shady. Yep. He, he now at this point, he always tapes calls from any of the, the cops. Police. Yeah. And McLean tells him, okay, the seventh division is clean as a hound's tooth. Uh, and clean they want as a hound's tooth. They're yep. all- they're only a little bit corrupt. Just a tiny bit corrupt. They're totally clean. Uh, and so he reports in first day. And there's a dude he knows from the academy. And, oh, and he's, yeah. he's like, hey, I'll I'll take you out on your on your first caller. Uh, and it's nothing of the sort. They're actually just shaking a guy down for a bribe, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, is this, is this one where the guy just straight up says, okay, I handle all the money and do, and do the collecting, or is that there, the next? That's one? That's the next guy. Oh, there's this so is, many guys. It runs so deep. This is like five precincts in. Everybody's corrupt and hates him. It's <laughs> like trying to accuse him of gay panic stuff. Yeah, or or whatever they can get away with. Yeah, and Frank will not take it. And the other cops, like, you know, we got a call warning us about you. Who can trust a cop who don't take money? <laughs> <laughs> And he asks him, you'd never hurt another cop, right? And he's like, it would depend on what he did. I'm like, that's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer, Frank. Yeah. Oh, and of course, dear. this cop is also racist. Their whole deal in this neighborhood is they crack down on anyone ethnic and just get the Italians to pay them off. It's, see, the what? white Italians, they, they just give us some money. You know, they're, they're civilized and everybody else we, you know, put the beat down on. That, that's why we're the least corrupt. We only accept payments from one ethnic group. Right. And he explains that the cops get $800 a month in bribes each, but he needs to go through an eight-week trial period first before he can start receiving it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like... like wow. It's like a, a job interview interviewing for Bribery Corp. I, it's unbelievable. Like, it's like uh, for the it. onboarding process. Like right from the start, he's like, I, I don't want it though. <laughs> well, no, but you do, and uh, you have to go through all these hoops. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So we we cut a little bit forward. He's dating the neighbor now, and yeah. he tells her a bit about the police corruption. He's like, Are you shocked? He's like, I am not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> She, and, she tells, sorry, go ahead. No, please. I, I think this is where I was going too. Yeah. So she tells this story um, that's the supposed fable to be of the wise king. reassuring. So I'm going to summarize it, but basically there's this well, this poisoned well. Uh, everybody oh. drank from the well except for the king and they all went nuts. Yeah. And because all of them were nuts and the king wasn't, uh, they thought he was nuts, so they had to kill the king or whatever. Until the king drank from the well and went nuts, and they all lived happily ever after. Yeah, they're like, oh, the, the king is well again. Yeah, because he drank uh, from the well. Drink yeah. the well, Serpico. <laughs> you gotta you gotta go crazy with everybody else. Uh, and then it's this next precinct. So he goes to the 49th precinct and meets his new partner, Don Rubello. And Rubello's uh, the... he's the one. <laughs> okay, he's he's the one who straight up says to him at the beginning when they're on the in the car, like, okay, I'm the bag man. I do this, this, and this. We yeah. have 
our operation is set up this way. Um, yeah, and uh, notably, Serpico uh, has a pet mouse with him at this point. His, yes. He says it's his drug-sniffing mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Not the last pet we'll see. Nope, there's there's uh, one other one. Uh, so immediately, they, they're out cruising, and uh, Rebello spots this guy, and he just throws the car into reverse and just wildly reverses down the street, yelling and just barely avoiding many collisions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is not... Totally fucking reckless. Oh, yeah, yeah, just to terrorize this just guy. He's just a dude, and, like, Rubello chases him into this dress workshop and corners him in the bathroom, and he's, like, giving him a swirly, flushing his head in the toilet, and screaming, where's the money? And again, my mind is just immediately appending Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> where's the money, Lebowski? Flush, flush, flush. Uh, and, you know, obviously they, they shake the guy down, get a bunch of yeah. money. And Rubello yeah. takes him to his illicit apartment. Yeah, th- this is... <laughs> He's got, his, like, this uh, little crime his apartment. Side apartment. Yeah, his That's side so apartment. so cool. <laughs> where he does all this, uh, his crime. And it's like, okay, well, here's here's a share. I don't want it. Yeah, and he, he gives his position very clearly. It's like, I'm not broke. I don't have a family. Why would I stick my neck out? And the and guy's like... like <laughs> you're sticking your neck out if you don't take it. Yeah, exactly. And Rubella's like, listen, I'll, I'll hold on to your share for you. And, and Frank's like, fine, uh, yeah, that, that's perfectly all right. It's not actually going to be all right. It's going to be a problem. It's so be a problem. <laughs> and he, he meets up with McLean again. And he's like, it's getting really bad. I, I can't believe it. Every single place I go, everybody's corrupt. And he's like, listen, I've passed it all on to Commissioner Delaney. Delaney's going to call you. He's going to stop this corruption. He's going to just wait for him to call you. Just stay and collect info. He'll reach out to you when the time comes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Rubello gets transferred out. So he's partnered with the new bag man. Uh, and this guy's fresher to it. And he's a little less gung-ho. Was, was this the guy who was all like, I didn't want to I didn't want to get into the corruption. But, you know, I had to. Yeah, because his family. And yeah. yeah. And because everybody pressures you into it, like there's just kind of no getting around it. Everybody else is doing it. And he's yeah, like, like, you know, I was once like you, Serpico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I drink from the well. Yeah. If, if, if this ever came out, Christ, my family. And when Serpico refuses his cut a little bit later, the guy is just his mind is blown. He cannot believe it. <laughs> Never yeah, seen like, such a thing. Just just take free money serpico it's it's just money (laughs) so weeks later we we cut forward again and serpico is calling mclean again he's like i want to see delaney soon (laughs) oh yeah he'll get in touch with you he'll get in touch or or uh, i think maybe by this point he's moved on to oh he hasn't called you yet yeah that's awfully strange and he he's finally at the breaking point it's like the cop guys have been cops too long. It's it's just it, it, nothing's going to happen. And yeah. so he goes to his buddy, Bob. And Bob asks him, well, 
Would you be willing to go outside the department now? And finally, he he is willing. Like, it's like, okay, Christ, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And they go to the assistant to the mayor, uh, Berman. <laughs> Berman is, like, so excited. Oh, this he's, he's hyped. This is so amazing. I can't believe you're doing this. You're going to... I want to oh, shake so your good. hand. <laughs> We've been looking for a way to stamp this out for so long. We just needed someone to come forward. And he's this like, a... you know, and he confirms like, oh, McLean and Delaney. No, we haven't heard from them at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they, they are. Nope. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know those names. Uh, and he takes it to the mayor and the next day and is like, ah, it's just not the right time. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's just. It's just it's just before summer, and it's going to be a hot one. So yep, there so there's going to be, be riots. This yep. is the 70s. There were riots in New That's York true. in the summer. That's true. And uh, the mayor doesn't want to get on the cops' bad side. Yep. We, we can take another look in the fall. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, uh, the third quarter when the budget... Right. Fuck. Yeah. And so he and Bob have a big fight. I, he said it was the greatest treasure. He wanted to shake my hand. <laughs> and, he was and, so happy. Yeah, and Bob is like, well, we can talk to the commissioner or we can go to the New York Times. I've got a friend in the New York Times. And Frank is starting to get worried because too many people know that Yeah, it's like now is... another person knows I'm doing that I want yeah. to come forward. Uh, and it's... they're not going to touch it for months. So where does that put me? Yeah, it's like we've basically been saying, hey, Serpico's looking into you, bribery <laughs> shit. What, Serpico's looking into the bribery shit? Hey, guys, Serpico's looking into bribery shit. And they're kind of literally doing that in places. Yeah, like there are, actually. There are spots where, like, they clearly make sure everybody knows what he's doing when he's in-house. And that's, you know, dangerous for him. And he he totally has a falling out with Bob and he, we don't see him for a while. He's like, I don't trust you. Uh, and he says, go fuck yourself. And he's gone for a while. But this is where we see he had he now also has a parrot. <laughs> yep, he's got a parrot now. So just feeding it. So, yeah, this is the 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 other pet. Uh, the, so that's all of the pets. So the, the Serpico 70s TV spinoff, uh, a lot of what? <laughs> This isn't the thing that actually exists, but there there were a lot of oh, okay okay uh, in 70s crime shows. They'd be an hour long. They would have you know a wacky protagonist, and a lot of the time they'd have an animal sidekick for some reason. <laughs> I have no idea why. Which do you think would be the good, the perfect animal sidekick for the Serpico TV series? Uh, the parrot. The parrot. Ah, take the money, Serpico. Take the money. Ah, Polly want a cracker. You know, the only problem is I think Rockford had a parrot on the oh. Rockford files. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of those guys. I watched so much of that shit. Then it would have kid. to be the drug-sniffing mouse. The drug-sniffing mouse would be unique. <laughs> uh, so we, we see all of the plainclothes guys meeting up in a public park. And this is where they all find out about Rubella uh, keeping his cut. And they are not cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do you mean he just gave your cut to Rubella? You know he walked away with both your cut and his, which kind of screws us, right? Uh, well, you know, I just... I, yeah, he, he said he'd handle it, so I let him handle it. 
he's like, listen, I don't take money. And they're like, listen, we'll make up what Rubello took from you. <laughs> we'll give yeah. you the extra money. And it's like, you guys don't understand. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not I'm mad because Rubello took money that shouldn't have been mine. It's I'm mad because you guys are taking money from the community. And they try to pressure him. And finally, he, he's so obstinate, they agree to just, fine, we'll split it up amongst ourselves. We'll just take more money, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts fighting with his girlfriend. He's really starting to lose his shit. Oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, he, so he's bringing his work home, which you don't yeah. do. He's like, don't do that. And so we, we uh, a criminal informant tells him about a numbers runner with mob connections, this guy, Casaro, and he, he watches right. the guy. <clears throat> this guy's fun. <laughs> like yeah. this, this sequence this is parts, fun. This part's interesting. So like he, he watches the guy do a drop uh, and he watches Casaro pick it up and he arrests him. And so he's, he's wearing like a butcher's apron at this point. Yeah. He, he's got, he's, he's always, always got great sizes. Kind of, yeah. Like, it's always it's never just it's always just a little bit weird to be wearing, but not super weird. Like you can like a normal guy wouldn't be a butcher, but you could imagine a butcher standing on a corner like this. Yeah. And just like somewhere in bustling Bronx, New York. Right. Oh Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I dig it. There, there's all these they're very simple costumes, but he does kind of just look like some random guy who's on the street. And yeah, he does like, have he, he that does, look. He really does. He He pulls it off. For sure. Mm-hmm. Which none of these other cops can. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so he catches the guy. Yeah, and the guy tries to bribe him immediately, of course. And he's not into it, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So he takes the guy's car keys, he books him, he searches the car, and then he comes back from searching the car, and they've taken the guy upstairs. They're he's just one of their guys. They're all just hanging with him. Yeah, they're hanging in the offices, and the Casaro's like, I swear to God, I thought this guy was a crackhead. I honestly thought he was a crackhead. I didn't know he was a cop. <laughs> right. And and Frank is just like, all right, empty your pockets. Oh, he's so mad. <laughs> empty your pockets. He's like, I don't do that. And Frank just throws him to the floor. He starts tearing his clothes up. <laughs> the, the cops are like, Frank, what are you doing? Uh, Serpico, he's, what are you doing? He's good people. He's one of ours. He's one of our guys. And, you know, Frank drops him in a holding cell and the desk sergeant shows up with the guy's rap sheet. And it's like, this guy has a previous conviction for killing a cop. And, and the way, like, the way he's holding up this paper to, like, the other cops and they're, like, trying to look away from it. Like, they, they know what's on that sheet. Yeah. They're, they're wincing away from it. It's like, don't bring this into what they don't want to face what they're doing. Right, exactly. Uh, this movie's good. It's so good. And the, and so, so like, Frank meets up with McLean again. He's like, I can't do this anymore. Listen, I'll even go back to uniform. And he he, he finally slips to McLean. I've been to outside agencies. And ooh, McLean. Oh, McLean loses his shit. It's no more, oh, yeah, Delaney, he'll call you. He'll call you. It's more like, what outside agencies did you go to? You do not go to outside agencies. We clean this in-house. You're dead, Serpico. He's like, we wash our own laundry. And Serpico's like, I always thought so, but we don't. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, you wait until you hear from me. It's like, I've been waiting a year and a half. So we know that it's now been like five years. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's my life, you fuck. <laughs> and then at the precinct, he meets, er, he, he, he's supposed to meet with an inspector Palmer. And this is when he arrives in rabbi disguise. Yeah. He just shows up in a rabbi outfit and I'm just looking at, at this point, I just thought his beard had just gotten that long. Right. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Nobody. Like yeah. It, it doesn't look out of character for him at first. Like for a second, it's like, oh yeah, he's, he's dressed as a rabbi. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nobody mentions the rabbi outfit. It does not nope. come up again. It, it makes perfect sense that Serpico would be it dressed works, that way. <laughs> <laughs> so Palmer is with the deputy chief and inspector Daly. And McLean has told them about his allegations. And they're like, in all these months, why didn't you come to us? <laughs> Basically, it's like, because I didn't know you. <laughs> and there's this Inspector Gilbert. And he's like, I just came from Delaney's own investigation. And it didn't turn up anything. And so it's like, I don't understand. Commissioner Delaney's known about this from the beginning. But no, he obviously has not been contacted in any way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, and they, Delaney they, is. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. Actually, I, I don't know if we ever he, see Delaney or hear from him in any way. Do we? Oh, yeah. There, there's a bit where... I thought there was a different guy. No, there's a bit where they're in Delaney's office, and it's like, hey, uh, and he's like acting like he didn't know about this, and I can't remember who it is, but it's like, didn't McLean tell you about this, like years ago and he's like yeah or oh. he, he just says yes oh he, he's that Mitch maybe. mcconnell looking guy okay we'll, we'll we'll get to it oh yeah but like the, these guys they they get they they fake friendly and they're like so what out outside agencies have you been to uh just you know by the by yeah and he's, he's like, like oh no. that's what this is about huh it yeah. doesn't matter it's not relevant to the allegations and, and it's like, like I, I, I don't even want to be involved. To us. Yeah, uh, I, I just want to do my job. Uh, and th this was the one where, like, th this where they they pulled him in from going into, like, he was coming into the precinct and he was in the room with everybody else. And they said these guys want to meet with you, Serpico. Oh yeah, right, right. So like everybody knows that he was specifically meeting with those guys to talk about this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, and he's even like, maybe you could have not announced it to the whole room. That that might have been good, considering it's, you know, involving the whole room. Yeah. And like these are guys who all report to Delaney. Oh, right. Yeah. No, these guys then report to Delaney. That's right. And he just tells them to handle it. And, and yeah. this is that scene. That's right. You're right. It's yeah, it's like. This is the well, only time we see him. He does nothing. Oh, no, he shows up at the, one I think at the hearing at the end. Oh, uh, yeah. But he doesn't with, say anything. He's just yeah. there. But, yeah, he's like, well. Scowling. Yeah, he's, and, and he looks, to me, he looks like a cross between Mitch McConnell and that bar guy from the Trump administration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. And he's ba and it's basically like, well, shouldn't headquarters handle the exit? the investigation and he's like no you guys do it yeah so and this is where they ask him like so serpico says mclean talked to you about this long time ago he's like yeah that's true 
<laughs> and that's it. Yeah. That's the end of it. It's like, well, yeah. And Frank is pretty done at this point. He's like, fine, I'm going to give you all of the drop off locations where they pick up their money. And I want to be transferred out of this precinct. <sighs> and like the precinct bites the dust. And he's in the locker room and the cops ask him about his involvement with this special squad. And they start like feeling him up for a wire. So things are escalating. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gets frisked every time he's around cops now, just in case he's got a wire. Yeah. And the investigators are still like, we want you to wear a wire. <laughs> no, it just cuts, wear the wire. They, like, just it, do it the time they don't frisk you. Yeah, it cuts from this guy checking for one to them like, but we do want you to wear a wire, Zerpico. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to wear a wire. It's fucking suicide. And not only that, it's like, I don't want to wear a wire because I don't want to testify. Even what you have on the wire, you can't do anything with it if I'm not willing to testify. And I won't. It's like, nah, come on, Serpico, testify, testify. And then they what take you him... do will be right behind you. <laughs> well, they take him to the district attorney. So they are going that deep. Yep. This is uh, uh, D.A. Herman Tauber, uh, played by a really interesting dude, Alan Rich who uh he, he was like a major theater actor and acting coach but was blacklisted oh so he was like one of the blacklist guys uh from like mccarthy era and this was his oh. very oh, first film role. oh jesus yeah. this was his first ever film role well uh, is he the one who compares the uh serpico's investigator accusations to mccarthyism somebody does someone does later i think it's mclean Okay. I'm pretty sure it's McLean. Uh, but yeah, he, this guy, he, he wants him as his star witness. Like he is on Serpico's side, mm-hmm. but Serpico is still not there yet. And he's like, you and every person in this room can go to hell because I'm not testifying. And he comes home. The girlfriend has left him. <laughs> well, she, she leaves a note for him to meet her at a diner to tell him she's leaving him. And she just does not want him to yell. So she wanted to meet him publicly. Yep, I did this because you wouldn't be able to shout here. I can shout wherever. I can shout. I can shout. This is very Charlie. This is an extremely Charlie moment. This may actually <laughs> have been shout. done in an episode. I can shout wherever I want. Okay, I won't shout. Okay, please just sit down. And and he, he is agreeable. Like, he has been kind of losing his mind, but he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good guy, but he's been taking out. He, he's yes. been taking out his shit on her. Um, I, I don't know if we've yeah. got. Yeah, just like a little bit here and there. It's it's very diffuse because it's mostly just everything being taken out on him most of the time. So she leaves, of course. And then we we have a chief trying to pressure him into testifying. Chief Sidney Green. And Green is this guy who actually has a rep for putting away crooked cops. Uh, and so goes like, I'm completely isolated i don't have a friend in the department and green's like look i'll be the friend your friend in the department i've got my own bad rep <laughs> oh yeah this guy okay i like this guy yeah it's like i i've been putting away crooked cops for years my rep is already trashed i'm with you on this uh so we, we see him on the firing range and there's this cop who's like what are you going to tell the grand jury what, what if they ask you who's taken money <laughs> and he's just like uh, I don't know what I don't know. But it's you like, do you know, do Frank. Know. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I don't. You know. I don't want to know. 
Um, it's because you keep fucking telling me. It's like, we're all taking money, taking our money, <laughs> taking that money. Hey, but, Frank, you want some money? Take but, some money. Did you have to write a whole song about the, the bribery guys? <laughs> and the cop mentions, like, listen, you could end up without backup when you need it, which is ominous. Yeah. Check out, or you could end up without backup. Uh, you might get sent uh, to be the point or the the guy in front just a few too many times. Yeah. Uh, people might just be a little bit slow to help you out when you need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chekhov's lack of backup. Right. And finally, he's like, "Okay, fine, I'll fucking testify. I can't deal with this anymore." Yeah. And. Notably, at the end of his testimony, someone stands up like, why didn't you report these problems earlier? And they will not let him answer. Uh, I want to, a- I, I, sir, I want to answer. He, that is not to the investigation. No, I actually want to answer this question, sir. And he's really pissed because like, mm-hmm. not only he that. he does not get to. Well, and not only that, they're only going after the patrol guys. They're not yeah, going so- after the chiefs or commissioners who are like letting it all happen. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm a marked man in this department, and for what? And he's yep. like, your transfer's already been approved. It's like, oh yeah, where to China? <laughs> like everybody knows <laughs> yeah. who I am. <laughs> uh, and uh, he gets a new 14 shot sidearm because <laughs> like he, he needs to be pretty heavily armed. And the guy's like, you expecting an army? It's like, no, just a division. Uh, and this is where we also, oh yeah, so this is Delaney digging into Serpico's background about, oh, I, I hear he's been hanging out in washrooms and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I heard he was pretending to be a peeping Tom, but actually doing <laughs> gay sex with someone else who, while consenting, was com- somehow completely innocent of the gay sex. And I can't remember who it is who's talking to him because it's not Serpico. But the guy's like, that's bullshit, Commissioner. You know it. And he's like, you should just give Serpico a promotion as an act of good faith. And that'll deal with it. And Delaney's like, no, not as long as I'm Commissioner. Yep. No, Serpico gets nothing. Not a chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he goes to a new precinct. (laughs) (laughs) He's been through so many different ones now. I've, I don't know how many I have. Lost I, I did not keep track. Yeah. Uh, like, and I, I, I lost count at around three, but we're we got to be on like six or seven now. Oh, for sure. And of course, at this new precinct, they already know he's spoken to the grand jury and one of them threatens him with a knife. <laughs> yeah. So Serpico beats the shit out of him. He fucking lays him out. Ooh, it's great. It's yep. it's very nice to see because like you don't get a lot of catharsis for quite a while. It, it it's a real slow burn. Yeah, yeah. It's it's well, nice when he's yeah. able to like fucking strike back against someone a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like this next guy, this Inspector Lombardo, uh, played by Edward Grover. He's like, I want to shake your hand, Sir Serpico. It's gonna be nice to have a guy here I can trust. And he's like. Listen, if you can't find a partner in this department that you you can trust, I personally will go and work with you. I'll I'll be your partner. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that's the guy I was thinking of. I was getting him mixed up with another 
yeah the, 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 right the the previous guy that, that we mentioned yeah the, the, i don't remember who that guy is but this guy uh oh yeah green green yeah. is the other kind of positive role model in here and then lombardo i really like this guy and it, it immediately cuts to them on undercover together <laughs> oh yeah they 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 end up going to the top of this building to get the drop on these guys and they do like a jump across the gap so cool we go down the fire escape and drop down behind the guy who's on watch <laughs> yep he runs inside they throw a trash can through the front window and like they get in there and everybody is burning papers to like keep them from being uh discovered and it's like you're not from the bureau i just paid them this morning <laughs> <laughs> it's like who did you pay who did you pay nobody mm. And they didn't actually pay anyone because I don't. Yeah, that's not what are you talking about? I bet I definitely shouldn't have said it was illegal. (laughs) And so this is after the grand jury thing where he just took down police corruption. So they they go to the chief again and like it's so much worse here. (laughs) Like he's gone from the Bronx to Manhattan and it's like. The, the corruption in Manhattan is so much worse uh, and oh, yeah. it's so much more complex because the pickups are made by retired police who are still in the game getting paid off. Yeah, it's this whole thing. And, and we're actually going to find out how much of a whole thing it is. Uh, is it here where the guys like Serpico get into the car? It's pretty soon, uh, a, a little bit further, because he, that that's when he ends up uh, getting demoted. Uh, so first they're asking for investigative help and the chief's like, you could maybe get some academy recruits cause you can't really trust anyone who isn't fresh out of the academy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, literally nobody. Yeah. And Lombardo is like, I, I do feel there are good cops who will come forward if we can show that it's safe. Uh, but the chief, uh, played by M. Emmett Walsh, by the way, who rules, just classic, ornery old guy. Uh, he's very prickly. He, he starts asking, like, so outside agencies, which ones have you talked to? And it's like, oh, oh, that's what's down the fucking tubes again. Yeah. yeah. And Frank finally is like, okay, he he reconnects with Bob, and like, I am ready to go to the New York Times now. I'm I'm done with this. I want to get it on record in case something should happen to me. Yep. And Lombardo is going to back him up. Lombardo's like, yeah, I, I'm in with you. Let's do this. And the story does come out. And the mayor has to start an investigation now. It's out there. Uh, and this is where Delaney does deny everything and call it McCarthyism. Okay, it's Delaney. Who <laughs> Delaney. Says, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And Frank gets demoted and transferred to narcotics in yep. response. Of course, which, <laughs> not smart. Uh, bad optics yeah uh, well you know you got you gotta punish the one who wants to toe the line though who cares that you gotta put that that's more important than optics yeah sometimes sometimes and so he he's now in narcotics and is like well i wonder uh what what things are like here and he learns that from his first partner who checks him for a wire first thing <laughs> and he's like Listen, that $800 a week penny ante Bronx bullshit, that's nothing. We shake down major drug dealers here. We pull in $120,000 and split it four ways. 
<laughs> you're not gonna fuck with us in this department. You're gonna toe the line here. Yeah, don't don't fuck with our organization. Yeah. So I got the message. So this is where it's like, all right, we're we're gonna get in the car and we're gonna go on a bust. They they go on a narcotics bust, and uh, they send oh, Frank over to take already? a look first. That's where oh, we shit. are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, Chekhov's uh, sending him to go first too many times. He goes up the fire escape to the roof, and he's watching. Yep. And he sees the two guys go in, like the, the guys are trying to get. And he sees yep. the other three cops get out of the car and get into position. So he comes down through the building. He sees the two guys go out, get stopped by the other cops, and he meets up with them. So everything's going pretty smoothly at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, they so leave one so guy. Yeah. They, they leave one guy out with the two suspects and the other two go in with him for the apartment. And at the door, his hand gets caught. Yep. He uh, he opens or he knocks on the door. The guy opens it, sees that it's cops. And yeah, he sticks his hand in and gets caught trying to force the door open. The other cops are like, do, 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 do. Hey, did you see the game last night? Oh, that was a good game. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's yelling for help, and they're just kind of standing there doing nothing, and he gets shot in the fucking face. He gets shot in the face. Just straight in the face. And he's straight just left, left lying there in the hall, because they just leave. They fucking take off. Both of them. Both cops. Yep. Wait, so who who takes him to the hospital, then? I don't know. I guess they, they go and radio it in, and someone comes. <laughs> Oh, maybe. <laughs> Presumably someone comes back to him uh, oh, after, must, but I don't yeah. know why both of them left for this. Cause we just see him alone in the hall bleeding from his face. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so his parents come to see him in the hospital and the doctor says, listen, we're lucky. The bullet was small caliber. He's stable. It missed the brain and the spine, uh, but it's going to be deaf in one ear and have dizzy spells for the rest of his life. And there is a cop on his, that's not too bad for getting shot in the face. And there's a cop on the door who's like, word is don't talk to him. He's no fucking good. Yeah, the, the one cop wanted to go, like, check on him, make sure he's okay. It's like, nope, 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 don't, no, just don't check on him. He, he's a good cop. He can't deal with that. <laughs> yeah, he's no good because he's good. Bad is good to us. And or, oh, there was a Care Bears villain who said that. Uh, well, it's kind of like Skeletor. I don't like being good. I like being evil. (laughs) I want to be evil. So someone shows up to give him his gold shield. He has finally gotten his detective promotion. He's up for awards of merit. Uh, but he's also getting all these cards with death threats in them from police officers. Yeah, cops are giving him get get well soon cards where they just write, I hope you die slow and painful. Yeah. And he's like, what's this for? Being an honest cop or for being stupid enough to get shot in the face? <laughs> and of course, he ultimately testifies further on the corruption. He's like, he, he gives a whole big speech at the end about an independent body being needed to regulate this stuff. And yeah. then we, we just get an end crawl. He resigned June 15th, 1972, which is like the year before the movie came out. And he got the Medal of Honor. And at the time the movie came out, he was living in Switzerland. And 
corruption in the police was solved forever. I mean, it's not even sort of implied. <laughs> no, <laughs> <that's> uh, no. <laughs> he made a difference and they cleared out a lot of corruption that was current in that time. And really, they they did overhaul the system quite a bit. It's just it's a different sort of issue uh, that has arisen in more recent years. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 still bastards. It's it's more uh, being infiltrated by like white supremacy groups and things of that nature and uh, wooey woo conspiracy nuts. Yeah, yeah. Along with all the bastardliness that was already in there, well, it's yeah. more like yeah. Now it's more like take the money, no beat up, no shoot the unarmed black person. So like, there's no money to take. Right, exactly. Uh, what one thing that I noted on the Wikipedia page for Serpico that struck me so he received his medal of honor back in 72 they mentioned in the closing crawl yep and he received the official certificate for his medal 34 days ago (laughs) so he got this certificate in the early months of 2022 50 years later 50 years later he finally got his official certification for his medal of he's honor he's gotta be like 80 yeah he is i think he's 79 or something uh Ooh, he's shit. looking good for his age uh oh, good good uh, he shaved? Or is, is, he's got a beard his cousin is he like cousin? It, it's all now? white now <laughs> oh cool cool uh and he he said that he uh did his own mock 21 gun salute for it with the bubble wrap because he just received it in the mail which is cute and kind of sad uh but yeah i i mean like he really does seem like a genuinely heroic dude oh yeah so you know uh and and what a great story like what an incredible movie pacino's performance is so fantastic yeah it really is just so much energy and he's just so fun to watch and like very very likable like this is such a good protagonist we we haven't had such a a positive protagonist in quite a while have we it's um i'm trying to think back but yeah it's been a while and like Uh, going forward a little bit in in our episode but how do you think how do you feel he stacks up against batman because i mean he's not going around punching the mentally insane in the face dressed in a bondage suit (laughs) batman's a billionaire he took money uh, yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, he didn't he, like he he just he he inherited money as as we know from his dead parents. <laughs> oh, they probably owned an apartheid <laughs> diamond mine. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the the Waynes did. It, I guess it depends yeah. on the source material. Yeah, yeah, it depends on which version. It, you kind of get the feeling that they're sort of like the Rockefellers in Gotham, yeah. but anyway. We're 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 getting ahead of ourselves. We are. So last thoughts on Serpico. Uh yeah. It Serpico, like if you don't understand how an entire police system can be corrupted, and if you still think that it's just a few bad apples, well, you're missing the rest of the saying where the few bad apples spoil a whole bunch for starters. Well, and um, yeah, that's exactly this, the point here, because there yeah. are legitimate people in there who are being forcibly spoiled by it and cannot escape the rot. Yeah, like like if you hear comments like that and you don't understand, like, no, it can't you can't 
all cops, not all cops have to be bastards. Like this explains how that's true. This movie shows you in no uncertain terms that, yeah. That like the, the people who are good out there are kind of being forced into a system that's not conducive to them being good. Yeah. Like you'll <laughs> either, you either become a bastard or you get out. Or, or you live you, long enough to die the hero. Yeah, like you, you kind of have to work hard to be good in this sort of system, and that that's a, a dangerous thing to have. Uh, and yeah. yeah, it's just such an entertaining movie as well. It just moves fast. It's great. The scenery, the the cinematography is beautiful. I love that seventies kind of low light. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Sidney Lumet is is big on natural light, and and big on New York. Those are kind of like the the two real hallmarks of his work where he's he's kind of a chameleon director. He's sort of harder to pin down in terms of like the big 70s auteurs. OK, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was it's a really fun movie, it's uh, fun. despite the kind of heavy subject matter. Like you can't help but cheer for this guy. Serpico is just so lovable and Pacino is so entertaining as the character. Like it is a, a similar energy to Charlie Day as Charlie Kelly. Like you can tell that there's an influence there. Oh, definitely. I, I got to go back and watch the Serpico episode. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is replaced in the stacks with Alligator. Alligator. Uh, a classic 1980 creature feature, giant alligator beneath the streets of New York. Uh, grown oh, huge nice. on toxic waste, of course. Of course. Uh, eating lots of cops. I, it Ooh. it kind of feels like the right one to have after that. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I did find myself wishing that uh, a lot of these cops would get eaten by alligators. So, yeah, that works. All right. So any last thoughts before we move on to our second part? I think I'm ready to talk about Batman forever. All right. And we are back. For our second picture, Batman Forever. Batman. This movie is, channels that series a lot more than I thought it would. I, I only saw this the one time when it was new in theaters, and I haven't seen it since then. Oh, wow, that long. It, yeah. it, it definitely channels it better than I remembered from my last viewing, which would have been like... Early aughts, I guess, probably. Oh wow! But I, I initially, I like, I never saw it in theater. I caught it on VHS as a kid, and I hated it. I really didn't like it when I first saw it. What did you feel about it initially? I don't remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I distinctly remember not liking it, and I was kind of surprised because I already owned the soundtrack. Because, like, that soundtrack oh. <laughs> CD was so huge, right? Right, yeah, Kiss yeah. Kiss from a Rose was gigantic. And, of course, you know, it had a lot of great stuff. There's, like, Massive Attack, PJ Harvey, Offspring, all sorts of interesting shit. Flaming Lips. Yeah, I, uh, in my mind, since I only saw this and the next one, Batman and Robin, in theaters when they were new, in my mind, the two just blurred together interchangeably. To the point where I actually had to ask which disc to put in. <laughs> it's like, which one are we watching? The one with uh, the one with Mr. Freeze and uh, the Riddler? Or... Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I have not rewatched that one in a really long time. I don't know if that one will fare as well on a rewatch. I'll probably get I, to it, though. I feel like it wouldn't. I mean, but I recall it being considerably worse. Yeah. 
And that one I never saw contemporary. Like that one I only saw circa early aughts and no other times. Hmm. When this DVD set came out, Plum sounds very distressed. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I bought the wrong treats. She doesn't like the oh, chicken. Oh, that's so. But I don't have any more treats. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, Batman Forever. Yeah, like the soundtrack is such a banger, and I listened to it for a whole year and then the movie came out on vhs and i rented it and it's like this is dumb and i don't like it <laughs> and i didn't come back to it for a really long time and i rewatched it in the aughts and i was i don't know i like i was certainly receptive to the 66 batman by that point but mm-hmm. i didn't feel then that it captured the spirit but i don't know i get it now it it does make sense because it's a little bit more because it's it's this weird mix of burton and the 66 thing and yeah. just Joel Schumacher maximalism. <laughs> that, that's a good way to put it. Yep. <laughs> so like we got the opening credits where <laughs> Batman is just I just a perfectly normal Batman opening credits with Batman sexually putting on his leather outfit. right? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> just Com- completely just normal. close up on all the muscles that like the nipples, aren't... of course. The yeah, but it's like notorious. Yeah, the, this is the one with the nipples. But, like, yeah, like, sexy close-ups of, like, the abs and the nipples. And it's like, but the, this, this is all foam rubber. This isn't – we're not seeing a sexy dude. We're seeing a costume. We're, we're seeing armor. Right. But, it, huh. it yeah, it's it's like yeah, a – Yeah, armor. It, right, yes. It's like a – like, it plays like we're looking at someone putting on a bondage outfit. It, it's It's got a weird sexy energy, and it's a very <laughs> horny movie. <laughs> this really is. Oh, gosh. One of the things that I do still not love, but I've just kind of become more willing to deal with is just kind of the really corny one-liners in this movie. They're kind of terrible. I'll get drive through. I'll get drive through. The the opening <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad one. Might I convince you to take a sandwich, sir? I'll get drive through. <laughs> I'm sure I'm positive that was a McDonald's commercial. It absolutely was. I, I distinctly remember it being. And then like the Batmobile is in the fucking McDonald's drive through or something. It could have been Burger King, but I think it was. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. One thing uh, that's interesting that the Dark Knight trilogy did was it made in my mind that every Batman, when I imagine them, talks with the voice. Right. And, and this Batman doesn't do that. And <laughs> Except for Adam West. I, I don't imagine the Adam West Batman talking with that voice, although I am now and it's hilarious. It would be pretty comical. That that would be very strange in that, that series. Uh, it really would. Well, like, so I, I guess just in terms of Batman and Bruce Wayne's, uh, how do you feel yeah, Val Kilmer um, stacks up? Val Kilmer as a Batman is... A nothing. He, he's not a presence to me. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, Batman is sort of not a presence in this movie. He's yeah. kind of just a figure. Uh, it, it's more of a Bruce Wayne movie because it's a Bruce Wayne That's romance. True. <laughs> it's it's a Bruce Wayne romantic triangle with Batman, where like yes. the girl is yeah. into Batman, <laughs> which is very it's strange. A, it's a love triangle with two people. Yeah, one of them is two people, uh, yeah. unknowingly to the other one. But yeah, and and yeah. It, like that's a very strange dynamic and 
compelling, like a, a weird concept for a Batman movie. But I mean, yeah. if you're going to make an incredibly horny Batman movie that feels like a slash fic, I guess that's the story you go with. Yeah, I guess. Um, the, I, I didn't like I just thought it was funny how this love interest with serious uh, mental issues actually to be. Pursuing, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's played completely straight. Like there Completely. is nothing at all wrong with this woman, and it's great that her and uh, Bruce Man are going to get together. It feels like she's the POV character. Like she does have the literal like POV shot that sort of like guides the whole movie. I feel uh, coming up right right away. Uh, like there there's a few things we 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 see the Gotham skyline, which is much more neon than when uh, Tim Burton was making it. Oh, this is a very neon gothic I love movie. all the neon. Yeah, <laughs> neon noir is is what I like to think of it as. Uh just and and it's weird because it's a merger of the the Burton style and a lot of neon, like to make it this sort of quasi 60s Batman colorful version of the weird gothic heightened uh gotham of burton yeah it's it's like it, it, it's like goth camp yeah or, and or it, something it, it looks heightened it looks fake but it's like so neon and colorful and weird two faces pink he's like bright bright pink well he's half and half <laughs> yeah yeah this version of two face is uh well, the only version of Two-Face I had seen prior to this was the animated series. Very different. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, also very different from the one in the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, absolutely. Well, th that's the one that really leans into how gross Two-Face is as a concept. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's why there was never, like, a 60s Batman version of him that's... Or maybe he was even, like, post that. I don't know when the character was introduced. I, yeah, I feel like he's... Well, it's hard to say. Uh, he is kind of a classic Batman character, but he yeah, is. I'm not sure. But we we are introduced to him, Two-Face, uh, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. Uh, but He's uh, a very weird choice. Because, uh, yeah. like, especially because there, there was a, a Harvey Dent in the earlier Burton Batman movies. It was Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Yeah. Which would have also been... Well, Billy D got to play Two Face in the Lego Batman, I think it was, or one of the animated I ones. I believe so, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was supposed to be Two Face in Batman Forever, but you know they went with Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was obviously the bigger star. He's like fresh off, uh, uh, Fugitive. Uh, Fugitive at this time, like Fugitive is a couple years before this, maybe. Yeah, but he, he's done some. He's done some stuff since then. Probably, but yeah, he's big. Like he's yeah. he's a star at this point. And here he just eats scenery. He just takes oh, it and shoves it in his mouth. It. Mm. Loving it every moment. Uh, he's so big. His outfit is crazy. <laughs> his outfit. Oh my god, his outfit. So one half of it is, of course, you know, normal business man, and then the other half is like. This like black and pink neon tie dye almost. Uh, it's like tiger like, stripes, neon orange. Yeah, and, and he's got like studded gloves and um, his face, his his evil face is 
pink, like bright, 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 bright pink. pink. And it's weird. Yeah. It's and, a very and he doesn't look. comb his hair on that side. Of course. That's that's his but wild side. Sure, <laughs> but he makes sure it's completely perfectly combed on the other side. Well, yeah. And he has henchmen. He has goons. He has two-faced goons with their balaclavas that are, themed. like, all black and red themed goons. Themed goons. Oh, well, to be fair, I guess the Burton movies had themed goons, too. Like, Batman I, Returns had the did, penguin. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, the clowns. And the clowns. The circus. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there there was a bit of that already established. This this really goes hard for it. It does have that 66 Batman get 'em boys feeling to it. Oh, it super does. I like uh I want to make and I'm sure someone has already done it a, a version of, a recut of this film where uh, pow zam buff shows oh, up every time Batman hits somebody. And it would totally fit. It would work. It would work. So this is where we're introduced to Chase Meridian and we have that amazing shot that I was talking about last week. Um, the one where she, which one is this story? So it's, it's her introduction and Batman coming into the, the situation. So we, we see Batman just wire in, it's this POV shot, which is like him in the bat outfit coming towards the camera. And then like right. it cuts to the reverse shot of Nicole Kidman, a radiant 1995 Nicole Kidman. She, I didn't. I was probably too young to care at the time, but my God. She's hot. Mm-hmm. And she, like, just the look on her face, just like, oh, oh my, God, my God, I'm going to fuck that bat. It's like, I'm going to fuck the Batman. And and that becomes, you know, her her goal in the movie. She is going to sleep with the Batman. And she is so forward about it. She is immediately clear that she is now going to fuck the Batman, just like, hot entrance. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, Commissioner Gordon's just, I'm just imagining, like, they they got, like, this whole witty banter flirt exchange, and I'm just imagining Commissioner Gordon just there, like, hey, um, people are dying in there. <laughs> it's fucking Pat Hangel, who's such a, he's such a bad Commissioner Gordon, I feel <laughs> like. He was sort of okay back in Batman 89. At this point, he feels just woefully out of place. He looks so ridiculous. Oh, yeah. He he might as well not be in the movie. Commissioner Gordon does nothing. He is kind of a 60s Batman Commissioner Gordon in a way, although that guy sort of seemed to have kind of a... I don't know, weird integrity to him. <laughs> yeah. It just feels so lame, especially when you think of like Gary Oldman as as sort of the, the iconic modern uh, Gordon. Yeah. So what uh, happens next here? Oh, so here uh, we've got Two-Face uh, locks the guard. He flips. So his whole thing, of course, <laughs> fucking guard. is he flips the he flips a coin and it's scratched. It's a two headed coin, but it's scratched on one end yeah. and has just a untarnished head on the other and before making a big decision he flips the coin because he's got a split personality he's two minds on everything as he says all the time um so he flips the coin basically if it's the scratched up side it's the bad out whatever the bad outcome is or the evil outcome but if it's the um face upside it's supposed to be the i'll let you live outcome usually he this two-faced kind of just only has different bad outcomes. Right. Uh, so he, he locks the guy in the safe and uh, airlifts <laughs> it out with a helicopter. <laughs> uh, I, 
This is always the one moment in this movie that I have always laughed at. This, oh, this fucking I, guard. You told me it was coming, and I still <laughs> laughed. <laughs> so, they, Batman, I can't remember how, but Batman ends up in the vault with this guard as is being helicoptered out, and suddenly, boiling acid! <laughs> I don't boiling. know if I did it right. Oh no, it's boiling acid! Because like boiling just, acid just comes pouring in from the vaults. It's like, how did Two Face set this up in the middle of his heist? Uh, I don't know. And yeah, it's just it's filling up the bank vault from the bottom <laughs> there at the top. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he uses the bat hook and gets out of there somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't remember exactly how, but he he gets out and. Two faces like ah foiled again. He he's very much that the kind Batman. of guy. The Batman. The <laughs> Batman. I think from here uh, we cut to Wayne taking a Bruce Wayne taking a tour of one of his laboratories. Right, and we get Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey plays Edward Nigma. Edward Ligma Balls. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, will eventually become the Riddler, but he's really playing Jim Carrey in Spandex. He's playing Jim Carrey in Spandex. It's um, kind of a weird take on the Riddler. I feel like it's halfway to a good take. <laughs> it's. The costume's it's a big Gorshin-esque. problem. Um. Mm. Like, a little bit. The the thing that's compelling to me about it is that he sort of plays it like he's an obsessed fan of Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's it, what he is at first. Yeah. And that's kind of compelling. And then, you know, Bruce Wayne doesn't turn out to be quite who he wants him to be. So he turns really sour because, you know, he's not mentally well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like decides to become a he basically makes a conscious decision to become a supervillain. I'm going to become um, the Riddler. I'm going to become the Riddler. Yes, but <laughs> first he has to get rejected by Bruce Wayne. So Bruce is touring this uh, facility. We get the outside shot of this facility. It's like over a waterfall. Super um, cool looking. Yeah, and that's that that uh, waterfall is Chekhovian, you know. Gonna, oh, sure is. Yeah. Um, so he's touring the guys like, oh yeah, we're working on all this stuff. And Edward Nigma with this ridiculous haircut, uh, comes up. It's like, Bruce Wayne, I'm Edward Nigma. You hired me personally. Well, actually you didn't, but it was, your name was on the slip. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a big fan. I love you. Marry me. Have my children. Hi, Ed. How are you? It's like, well, hey, I got- buddy. <laughs> And and Edward's supervisor is like literally face palming right now, like, oh god, I was trying to get. He was trying. He was trying to avoid this. And it's like, okay, so I worked on. I got this cool machine that like makes you, lets you watch television in 3D by manipulating your brain waves so that you think you're perceiving holograms. Do you want to like do this? And Bruce Wayne's like. I don't know. No, man. <laughs> no he's first no. like, hi. Oh, that yeah, first doesn't like, sound like super great. And he's like, I need an answer right now. And it's like, if you need an answer right now, the answer is no. It raises too many questions. Questions, 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 <laughs> questions, 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 questions. Uh, well, he doesn't quite go to yet. But 
yeah, then Bruce leaves. I think this is when he talks to, he goes to see Chase Meridian at her yeah, office. Yeah, he goes to see her at the office. Um, so a lot of... Oh, no, 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 Batman no, he won't. goes to see her. Batman goes to Batman see her. Batman goes to see her. Yeah, why does Batman go to see her? I don't even remember. I just know that Batman goes to see her because this is where he has that it's the car, right? Chicks love the car line. Oh, yeah, right, right. So a lot of the scenes are just things that happen that don't there's necessarily so much move the story, the story forward. Like, there's a chase with Two-Face in a tunnel that isn't connected to anything. This movie is very chaotic, and it is too long. Like, that, it is that too is, long. Like, I, my, my opinion on it has considerably grown. But it is definitely a movie that does not need to be two hours. <laughs> no, this is a 90-minute movie tops. Yeah, and there are just, minutes. There are just bits like, this just, I, I don't even know why this scene exists. What was the point of this? And I, I don't remember how this fits together. Oh, wait, we, we, I think we get, like, the flashback of Batman's parents. <laughs> Probably somewhere in here. you you got to have it somewhere. Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably going to be completely mixed up on the order that things happen. Oh, that's, yeah, I, I don't remember very clearly either. I, I know this is where uh, Riddler starts building, or Nigma, Ligma starts building his uh, machine. Yeah, so he's building his machine. He's like, oh, Bruce Wayne office. doesn't... He's all like, question, Bruce Wayne's got questions about my thing. Oh, well, you should have just accepted me immediately and not question anything all these questions 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 he's i'm actually overplaying his obsession with questions but it would make more sense yeah they don't really obsessed they don't touch on it because he barely even does the question thing in this movie he just has that weird booth like he he has like the big fortune teller device or something yeah um, Uh, with the riddler costume in it it just makes sense if he did because the question mark yeah. motif. But no, he doesn't. He's just, no, they don't do anything with it. It's barely there. He he only says questions, questions like once in the he's, whole movie. He's more into just the the brain sucking thing. That that's his whole deal. Uh, yeah, it's, it's more of a brainiac sort of thing, a Superman character, not so much a, a Riddler storyline. Yeah, actually, yeah, kind of the rid the riddle. Isn't. Yeah, there's not much of a riddle there thing. Is, there's there's a couple, but like they don't couple, really matter. No, they don't. I mean, any idiot could have figured out that it was Ed, that Edward Enigma was the Riddler. Yeah. He's built a glowing. By the end of the movie, he's built a glowing future villain base off the coast of Gotham. Um, yeah. So uh, so he he designs his uniform and then ultimately just decides to I guess strip his fucking. Uh, fortune teller doll and wear that instead but then it becomes spandex later and it's awful yeah i yeah but (laughs) i don't mind the first one he has when he first goes to see two-face but like when it's spandex it's like did we need to do this Ooh, the the sequin spandex at the end that one is really crazy. That one like is the, almost like great. It's so the Riddler bad. outfit with the bedazz- where they went crazy with a bedazzler. Like just the the most unriddler outfit ever. Like so completely different from anything I've ever seen from a Riddler character. Very bizarre outfit. Yeah. Very gay. This is a very gay movie. It's a very gay movie. Uh, so gay. <laughs> in so, a good way. It's it's kind yeah. of the best part of it. So here we have the Riddler uh 
or Enigma hooking up his old boss, current boss, I guess. Well, old boss, because his boss fires him right now. Right. Uh, hooking him up to uh, his machine that he's been building, right. which, <laughs> which originally was just meant to let you experience TV shows in 3D. <laughs> but the, the brain-sucking thing is a side effect. There's other, there's better ways to do what you were trying to do. But anyways, he hooks him up to it, finds out that it makes him really super smart when pe- other people are hooked up to the machine, and then pushes the guy out the window. Yeah, because, you know, he, he's, he's learned what he needs to, and now he's, you know, going to have to deal with that guy, because that guy can report him to Bruce Wayne. And then yeah. he doesn't get to fuck Bruce Wayne, which is all he wants. Everybody That's wants all that he wants. in this movie. Uh, it's it's another interesting element to this uh, triangle. Soon we're going to also add in uh, Chris O'Donnell's Batman, who also wants to fuck the Batman. Uh, oh, he, yeah. I, I, I think somewhere around here we have that weird scene where Bruce goes to Chase's office. And there's the... Oh, Bruce goes the to Rorschach, There's the Rorschach blot. Yes. She has framed on her wall that is obviously bat shaped. It is very bat shaped. Yeah. <laughs> and she's obsessed with having sex with the Batman. We already know this. So Bruce is like, huh, it looks like a bat. He's like, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you're obsessed with bats. And it's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's like, maybe both of us are obsessed with the Batman. Uh, and and then we get the uh, Two Face and the circus and oh my God, Robin's in this movie. What? Oh yeah. Well, first the Riddler goes to Two Face's hideout, which is amazing. <laughs> oh, Two Face's hideout recruit- is incredible. Because he has the to line down the middle. First. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or wait, no. The... No, I I think the Riddler doesn't get no, together with Two Face right. until after this. That that's this a little is, that's later a different on. Different heist that they work together on. Yeah. The the no the they go to the circus. Um, Bruce wants to date. Oh, right. Okay. So he takes Chase to the circus. Uh, he went to Chase because he found a riddle in the office after the dude supposedly commits suicide using the worst fake video footage ever. And Gordon's just like, "Yep, that's a suicide." Yeah. Pat Hangle, like, well, it's pretty open and shut, Batman. Uh, by the way, uh, first date at the circus, weird. Also, weirdly upper class circus uh, clientele. I, I guess, again, yeah. very 66 Batman, but it seems weird that, like, the mayor and the richest multi billionaire in town are at the circus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Batman, inquiring minds want to know who will you be taking to the Fried donut stand <laughs> and the dunk tank next next to it. It's so just the, so weird. I like I don't get it. And who cares? It's the flying Graysons. It's the flying Graysons. At this point, I was like, oh, shit, Robin's in this, too. I feel like they've just got too many elements. One too many I, elements. I had totally forgotten when I started watching this movie. It's like, what? There's. Robin's in this one? I thought he didn't show up until the next one. That's why it was Batman and Robin. Damn it. And he is like, I as I said last week, this is a slash fic, and Robin is the most slash fic-y element. Everything he says, every scene oh, yeah. he's in, it's so amped up and silly. He really kind of feels like a Mary Sue character. Or a, a Barry Sue or whatever you say for a, a male one. It's weird. 
And he's yeah. too old to be Robin. He's way too he old is. to be Robin. He is, yes. <gasps> yes, they do their big fancy trapeze thing, and uh, and it's there's an accident in the pair. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of every other version of this story. Right. Uh, no, no. Two-Face shows up. <laughs> Two-Face shows up to rob the circus, because that's what you do. And I love it. When he gives his speech with his ringmaster's costume, he's got one side of him facing the camera and every nobody's really reacting weird. But the other side of his face, the evil side, is like facing the, the like other the part crowd, of the audience. And they don't seem to be like and they don't notice until he turns his face to the camera. Camera awareness. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, ah, I'm two faced, I'm taking over, I'm taking all your shit. I don't remember what he actually says. Rah rah rah. And, oh, yeah. No, he's got this gigantic, like, cartoon bomb. Oh, yes. And by the way, we, we haven't mentioned because his his guys, his his uh, minions uh, all, all have these light up neon Tommy guns where, like, the bullet rounds are, are like red neon. So rad. Oh, my God. <laughs> so cool. And they've got like a red and black yin yang symbol on the Tommy gun barrel. So much fun. I really dig that. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and, and they're dressed like they're, well, they're dressed like leather daddies, kind of. They are. Yes. Uh, it, it's it's a very kinky movie uh, in, in terms of the costuming. They, they sort of lean into the kinkiness of Batman because Batman is kind of inherently kinky. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Dress up like a bat to go beat. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's a reason Frederick Wortham went after Batman and Robin as being a weird thing because they are a weird thing. And, and it's it's admittedly a weird thing. And bringing Robin into a modern Batman movie is always going to be strange. There's ways to do it. But this movie was weird about it. Yeah. So they're raising the bomb up on this chain and. The Flying Graysons uh, decide they're going to use the their excellent trapeze skills to, yep. um, I don't know, save everybody from the bomb. Yeah. And they do, to their credit, they do. Uh, they get – Robin gets the – or Dick Grayson gets the bomb up onto the roof and then oh. just pushes it off the side of the building. But TBF, he is already Robin because that's what his mom calls him as well. Later oh, you're learn, right. You're right. right. <laughs> and he's wearing now their circus outfit is the original, original Robin yeah, outfit. Classic Robin outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the two face, I think, like shoots the ropes or something else happens. And something, the parents okay. and the brother. I think it's like Tommy gun fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the three of them all fall to their deaths. Uh, yeah. And he's orphaned at like, you know, mid 20s. 25. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 25. I have no parents. What am I going to do? You can stay with me. I'm Bruce Wayne. This is fucking weird, actually. It's really strange. And I don't get it. Why? Like he's he's sent to go live with Bruce for why <laughs> well it kind of makes sense if robin would were the correct age if he were like yes. say 12 or even 15 you could be like well i'm a wealthy philanthropist and i saw the kid's parents die i feel bad for him and i'll take him in oh well you have money so we don't find this suspect at all yeah he can't be a dude who shows up on his own motorbike to the place 
Yes. It's like, okay. Well, he even says, well, I don't know why everybody said I had to be here, but I'm going to leave now. Yeah. And he basically is just like, okay, well, I'm going to take my bike and I'm just going to go. And and Bruce has to convince him, which is even weirder and creepier. Yeah. See, the normal response would be like, yeah, it's weird that they wanted you to live with me, too. But no, he's like, have a hey, nice life. Maybe I can show you some cool stuff that'll keep you here. Like, yeah. why? It's like, <laughs> oh, man, my bike doesn't have a lot of gas. Why don't you fill it up in the garage? Yeah, I got I, some you cool can't stuff see it, but I'm garage. wiggling my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me to my private garage. And so they go to the pri- <laughs> that we're not joking. That's literally what happens. They go to the private garage and Robin's like freaking out over Bruce Wayne's cool uh, motorbike collection. And it's like only 100 of these were made. 101. You have two of them. Neither of them run. But if somebody were to fix it, I'd let them keep one as a yeah. feet. Anyway, yeah. see you later, Robin. I'm sure you'll land on your feet. Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shit. Your parents didn't land on their feet. Whoops. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even catch that. Oh, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and Alfred shows up. It's like, oh, Master Robin will be leaving. Well, I'll just throw away this really fancy looking, fucking delicious looking, oh, my God, burger that I made. Yeah, he's made, like, a whole platter with fries. It looks like he's come from, like, Red Robins. <laughs> well, no, a good burger place. Yeah, you're right, a good burger place. 1995 oh, but, but Red, Red Robins Robin was still it. good. Oh, oh, maybe that was, maybe that was a, nah, it, it could been honestly have been a tie-in, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'll go feed it to the dogs. <laughs> yeah. And Robin's like, well, maybe I'll stay with the creepy billionaire and his silly old man butler. I love Alfred in this. I I love Michael Goff. He's he's fantastic as Alfred in all of these. He, he's such a steady presence. He, he's kind of my perfect Alfred. He's who I think of when I picture Alfred in my mind as a character. Honestly, I do, too. Like, I... I... I was going to say Michael Caine was the perfect Alfred, but when I close my eyes and, like, the look of Alfred the is this look. guy. Yeah, like, I think Caine is really good, but Michael Goff, just so fun, yeah. so fun, and, and like, pitch perfect to the weird version of Batman that we get in these. Yeah, yeah. Well, each of these movies, we have a different version of Batman. Yes, completely. Well, well, like, it's sort of... The same in the first two. Keaton is sort of different in between the two. Because, again, Batman Returns kind of isn't a Batman movie. Yeah. It's it's much Um, more about the other characters. This movie actually kind of feels like a reboot of... Because it doesn't necessarily... Like, it feels like it doesn't necessarily... Yeah, soft reboot. It's another Batman adventure. It's another Batman adventure. Yes. But it doesn't feel like it necessarily takes place in the same Gotham as the other two. And that's kind of fun. I like this. I like it. Yeah, I, we're, we're so heavy into the years of continuity being really foundational to all of these giant superhero oh, franchises. Especially so today. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> I was I, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, yeah. yeah so, so it's around here where we get the Riddler two face team up. I think. Yeah. So I want to before we do, I want to talk about the two faces. Amazing lair. So rad. So, like, it's obviously like a huge loft in a pen, 
in like an apartment, like a penthouse or something, yeah. which would cost a goddamn fortune to rent. In Gotham. In Gotham, which is in this, it's, it's meant York. to be, it's New York. There is a Gotham yeah. Statue of Liberty that has <laughs> yeah. Gotham written on the, on the crown. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they crashed this. That's right. They crashed the safe from the beginning into the that's Statue right. of I Gotham they Liberty. They blew up the fucking Gotham Statue of Liberty at the beginning. Yeah. They, but at they least... knocked the head off. Yeah. I wonder if it's like. If it's like in Las Vegas where it's just like a Gotham Statue of Liberty themed hotel or just like an apartment complex because some there's like giant several story high stone gargoyles and like strong men holding – like statues of men holding up freeways that are suspended under the Super the gothic. Yeah. Oh, like, I love it. It's it's great. And, and some of it's like – a lot of that is the Tim Burton stuff that came before. This is an extension of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah. So two faces lair. We've got it's that obviously divided down in the half. middle. Yep, <laughs> with a white half and a black half. The white half is all like Crystal Palace and fancy, like. And he's well, got you know, a wife white. for each side. <laughs> yes, uh, one played by the lovely Drew Barrymore as Sugar. Yep, and um, somebody else as Spice. I, I have the Wikipedia over here. Let me see here. Uh, Debbie Mazar as okay. Spice. And he always stands right in the middle of his lair where the dividing line is, where he has a throne where half of it is like this nice Victorian antique throne and half of it is this metal ass freaking uh, wing shaped thing. Yeah. Like, and, and like the, the two and a wives. on the wall. <laughs> the two wives have each made him a separate dinner and like the the one has made him like a really high class dinner on the white side sugar and then spice has made him just like just got a bunch of grain alcohol and, <laughs> and like a, a rare steak or something i don't even remember yeah you know <laughs> and here and then we get the riddler coming in <laughs> of course this is ridiculous. He's like, hey, I'm the Riddler, and I'm just going to walk into your base and expect you to not shoot me. I'm actually going to shoot you. Oh, but listen to what I have to say first. I don't like Batman. Hmm. Okay, Go I'll shoot on. you. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically spells out his evil plan to Two-Face, who is like, if you give me a shitload of money to start up a... Uh, a uh, corporation to complete with Wayne Enterprises and create this new invention that will be installed in the, with a user installed user base of every single person in Gotham City. You might get a chance to kill the Batman. Well, and I, I think his idea he he sort of alludes to the idea that by doing this they can find out who the Batman is. That like this is how they can learn who Batman is and make it much easier to track him down and kill him. Much much easier by. Yeah doing all this instead of just well two-face wasn't making any progress on that i mean he really anyway. wasn't somehow he was, he so th- was not I mean, going to this is the sort of plan that uh, a batman villain makes especially a 60s batman villain it's got to be very elaborate you got to have some sort of uh device that that yep. puts everybody in peril that could potentially be defeated mm-hmm. but this is sort of central to the whole concept yeah so Thus begins the Two-Face and Riddler crime spree, while I guess in the background, Edward Nygma's, like, getting incorporated 
building up like this whole company. He has staff. We don't see any of this. He just yeah, shows like, up as like a great business mogul later on. Yeah, like manufacturing and everything. I mean, I guess money can buy it, of course. Yeah, but it's all stolen money. Well, like, yeah, that too. Like money can buy it, but money gets traced. Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, that's where Two Face comes in. He's he's clearly got riches. He has this huge pad with a really absurd interior design, and he's having like two ridiculous dinners a night obviously and has all these specially tailored suits i mean that money is going places but it's yeah, obviously true. coming in too yeah yeah and, and these two are in love two-face and the riddler are in love with each other but it's like like antagonistic love they're not sundera yeah yeah like they they bond over their love hate of the batman yeah. or bruce wayne who it turns out is the same person. So that's another thing they can bond over. Just like Chase Meridian. <laughs> she She's very like them. They they, they yep. just have slightly different names. Slightly. Uh, they still involve the Batman. Uh, they all want to fuck the Batman. Everybody wants to fuck the Batman. That's what this movie's about. So, so then this is where we have the action laundry scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin's doing the laundry in the basement. And... Alfred's like, oh, I'll get that, Master Robin. And Robin's like, no, I don't like people waiting on me. Also, I'm 26. <laughs> so <It's> he's weird. <laughs> so he like pulls out the laundry and he starts doing like all this like crazy whipping the towels around and like action laundry to hang it up on the wire perfectly after spinning everything around. It's and... so silly. Like. It's funny, but this is a scene that you could have cut. <laughs> yeah. We didn't need this one. <laughs> this nah, would have been a very that. funny deleted scene to show up on a DVD like 15 years later, but I didn't need it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think around here is where Batman and Two-Face have that tunnel chase. I, I think this is where Robin... Uh, finds the Batcave. Oh, yeah. So he's been checking all the doors, and he's like, why is this one always locked? Oh, yes, well, that's Master Wayne's private chambers. You don't want to go there. And Robin's like, I absolutely do want to go there. And he sneaks in just before the do door closes after Alfred one time. He does, like, acrobatics, because, like, he's yeah, up in he the top floor. Yeah, he parkours it, kind of, down the stairs yeah. to get in and... He, seeing how quickly the door closes, he absolutely took too long. But he gets it anyways yes. and crashes through and falls down the secret passage, down the stairs, into the Batcave, and he waves at Alfred. Yeah, and he steals the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. So here's where Bruce Wayne is meeting with Chase Meridian with the riddles. Um, I okay. think there was another riddle at one of the crime scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And she's all like, I think this guy's a wacko. Well, and yeah. So, is that a technical term? <laughs> I mean, you know when you see him. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Alfred contacts him on the Bat Watch that he just publicly uses in front of Chase Bridian. Right. And it's like, Master he wants Grace. her to know. Oh yeah, he wants her to. Well, he does actually want her he, to know. He does. He just can't like bring himself to say it. But like in these Batman movies, like the Keaton ones as well. Batman's telling people that he's Batman just all the time. <laughs> so what now? 20 people know? Hell, who else is going to know I'm Serpico? 
That's my fucking right. life, man. <laughs> so I, I did kind of like this scene. It's corny as hell, but uh, mm. but Alfred's like, uh, Master Grayson has uh, gone traveling and he's taken the car. Oh, the what? He took the Jag? No, sir. The other car. He took the Bentley? No, sir. <laughs> The other car. And he's like tooling around Chinatown, just like. <laughs> he's picking up hookers. Yeah, he's being a real dickhole. He is like, hey, man, you want a piece of this? I'm the Batman. <laughs> and then he finds some thugs and starts beating them up. And they're like, oh, shit, it's Batman. No, it's not. It's this weird guy. <laughs> no, man, I'm Batman. I lived in my suit at home. Like, it's funny because he does sound really childish when he says it. Maybe that's why they've got Chris O'Donnell in this role, because he sounds... I don't know. Maybe. Like, it's, it's weird, because he he's yeah. this 25-year-old guy, but he does not sound... Like, he's obviously not the Batman out of costume, because when he said he's like, I'm the Batman. <laughs> yeah, not like, Batman. Maybe that's why Batman, from now Batman on, does that sound growly like that. voice. Like, so Val nobody... Kilmer. Val Kilmer doesn't sound like that, and like he just sounds like Batman. He's like, he he does sound gruff, and this guy just obviously is not that. Yeah, well, that that that's why Christian Bale had to do the gruff, stupid Batman voice so that nobody else could do that voice and make people think they're Batman. Because I right. guess Chris O'Donnell sounded too much like Val Kilmer. Sure. Also, it's a different continuity that totally pay no now. mind to anything I just said. So, Riddler. Has his has his uh, has his product now. Somehow he's oh, manufactured yeah. his blender thing over the course of what, like two days? I have no idea how much time is supposed to have passed. It doesn't seem like it could be much, but it is because he's having a gala. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Batman saves Robin from the thugs. Of course, yeah, yeah, and it's like, hey. What are you doing? I'm being like a superhero. I'm your sidekick. I love you. I'm part of your life and I'm going to follow you around. Notice me, senpai. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the gala. The gala, which is weird. He's like just using it to read everybody's minds and suck everybody's minds. Yep. He's demonstrating his uh, it's it, like he's pretending it's 3D television. Well, that like is VR. what it was meant to be at first. And right. He's just pretending it's still that, even though it it's it so has dumb. side effects. It has <laughs> side very, effects. It's very silly. Like it's 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 the sort of plot you'd get in uh, an '80s GI Joe cartoon, like the Cobra Cola or uh, the oh my god, yes, Cold Slither with their you know devilish rock and roll. <laughs> it's one of those sort of plots. Now Bebop and Rocksteady will com- <laughs> will corrupt the kids with their cool punk lingo. Uh, what? I'm sure there's yeah, like it's... some Bebop and Rocksteady one where they did a rap. <laughs> oh, or, or they were trying been. to, or they were like trying to sell, who knows? But th- this whole movie actually does feel like a Saturday morning cartoon. It's got a lot of that flavor, yes. Absolutely. Uh, Bruce Wayne, for some reason, was invited to the gala. Well, <clears throat> for some reason. He's very wealthy. He's very wealthy, and... The and Two Face wants, or uh, the Riddler wants to make love to him, and uh, Two Face hates him and wants to make love to him. Oh, Two Face doesn't care about Bruce Wayne. That's Two-Face true. Two Face wants the Batman, He's, and we don't know that yet. Right. Oh, oh, we missed. I we didn't. We caught a brief uh, glimpse of Two Face's origin through a 
oh, yeah, through a news right. report uh, of showing him getting splashed with acid in the court and Batman jumping from the seats. And I just want to imagine Batman sitting in the courtroom with all these guys surrounded by guys <laughs> in suits in full costume, just saying nothing. He had to give testimony. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's barely your... a vigilante in this. Like he is yeah. absolutely no, he working with the, with the police. Yeah. Yeah, just like he was in '66. Mm-hmm. Well, in that one, he was duly deputized, which yes. they remind you every episode. Because you you got to be here, otherwise it's criminal. Yeah. Very Law and Order time. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining in court. State your name. State your full first and last name, please. Batman. Man. Is that uh, what lizard it says man, on your... Lizard Man, and Lizard Man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bruce Wayne's at the gala. He's like, hey, Edward Nigma, I somehow don't know you're the Riddler yet, but also, isn't it... If this thing can put messages into your brain, isn't it worrying that it can also take information out of your brain? I'd be and... more worried about my mind control personally, but you know. True, but like... Obviously, that's a concern for a Batman. And yep. the thing is, I don't understand why he still gets in it. <laughs> like, I, well, he, Drew Barrymore told him to, and I'm... Yeah. Just... Okay. You know what? I I used to have, like, the big world's biggest crush on Drew Barrymore, and I kind of grew out of it. But that's just because I didn't see her in anything, it turns out. Turns out I actually still do have a huge crush on Drew Barrymore. Who would have thunk it? So, yeah, Drew Barrymore tells me to get into the Riddler's evil machine. I'll probably do it. Even if you're the Batman? <laughs> like, well, in some gosh. sort of leather suit that, that uh, you, you want to be a secret? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Drew Barrymore's the evil female henchman. Sometimes you can turn them good and then, you know. And she is the good side of the Riddler, yeah. technically. Yeah. It was actually here that I realized it was Drew Barrymore. Until oh, then yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, wow, the white girl's just really hot. And then it's like, oh, my God, that's Drew Barrymore. Holy shit. OK, that right. tracks now. So, yeah, that's why Batman gets in the thing. Right. You'll never convince me otherwise. And it reads his mind, I guess. But then Two-Face shows up. He fucking blows it. <laughs> he blows it. He's like, I couldn't wait I couldn't wait for Batman forever. Uh, yeah, he didn't he, say that, but I wish he did. He's just got to come in, and so Bruce has to get out and come back in as Batman, do his quick change. Yeah, the Riddler's like, "What are you doing? You should, if you were going to do this, you could have told me. We could have planned it." But that's and not like, how Two Face rolls. Yeah, not in this one. No, <laughs> Two Face is total chaos in this. <laughs> yeah i guess that's um, also his deal in dark knight that, that's sort of his deal by the end he he's an agent of chaos that's what he's doing yeah yeah um oh what happens here then batman obviously shows up um, uh yeah like oh, you know they deal with it he, he this is where he falls into that big hole and goes underground right into right the- yes oh my god that's so funny because like he he jumps off the roof and like he lands in a manhole <laughs> Lands in a manhole, goes down like this construction tube, and just gets dumped out into this basement. I guess Batman doesn't take fall damage. I guess not. Um, That's his armor. His armor's for that stuff. Armor. 
Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. And uh, Robin has to uh, show up in costume to help him. Yep, he's got the... We're he's gonna, got to be partners. Yeah. <laughs> partners. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he shows up. Right. He shows up in the old Robin costume here. That's yeah. right. He doesn't his, get the his new trapeze one outfit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, um, I don't remember, but they get out. Yeah. Like he, he comes in and he, he saves him. Whatever. It, it's it's all, again, just very like, mm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be your partner, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> and then. But he's back... already made a date with Chase Meridian that night. Oh, yes, right. Well, there, well, he's at the thing with her. They, he took her to the gala. Right, but like, oh, but then that to go man on has date. to go see her. Because Bruce oh, Wayne yeah. made a date with Chase. And now, now Batman Bat goes Man to see Chase. To, so to get thinks... turned down by Chase <laughs> because she's seeing someone else. Because it's him as Bruce. And Batman, as he turns around after getting rejected, has this big smile on his face. The only time we ever see him smile, because he wants to date her as Bruce. He does a take to the camera. <laughs> yep. And he's like, okay, I'm shutting down the whole Batman thing. And Robin's like, uh, excuse me? I have t- super villains. Yeah, but <laughs> it's sex, like, though. hot girl wants... I mean, yeah, but Batman you know can what? have a lot of sex. This this is Batman Forever, remember? <laughs> yeah, not Batman for an hour and 45 minutes, or hour and 30 minutes at this point, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So, uh, Robin gets changed into his new outfit. Ugh. <laughs> bad. Bad. <laughs> And I do not like the Robin outfit. It's a prominent codpiece. So prominent, oh my god. So prominent, he shows up, Batman looks him up and down. He does a down. literal, like, hmm. <laughs> Literally sizing him up, yes. Who made you that outfit? I took the liberty, sir. <laughs> That's creepy, too. So, wait, so Alfred designed it? Yeah, Alfred designed it. Presumably, he also designed the Batman's outfit. Because they're the same style. Oh, yeah. I want want nipples, Alfred. I want nipples. (laughs) Definitely want those nipples. (laughs) So, I guess they they accept. Batman is like, fine, I guess you could be my partner or whatever. And we have him suiting up. This one shows an ass shot, too. Oh, there's a great butt shot. Uh, like, of, of, like, a butt plate. Uh, yeah, the, the foam rubber butt. So it's like, well, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> doesn't he also, like, when he's quit being Batman, doesn't he have, like, For a like session? like, five seconds. Yeah, he has a session with Chase Meridian, and this is where we get the retelling of his origin story and, oh, with, yeah, like, the we... bat thing. Even though, yeah, yeah, we get the retelling of the Bat origin story, even though we already flashbacked to it before. But you at this one, it, it wasn't the Joker. <laughs> well, see, and this is why I think it's a soft reboot, because in oh, here, yeah. he doesn't mention that it's the Joker right. or anything. Which is um, just a weird thing that is only in that Tim in that Burton one movie. movie. Yeah, so. yeah, it's always just some nobody who shoots Batman's parents. Right. Just like how it's always supposed to be a nobody who kills Uncle Ben. Yeah, exactly. Not I, like I, Venom or whatever. It doesn't need to be the Green Goblin. Well, oh. I, I don't Sandman, think it's... wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was the Sandman, that's right. I never saw the third Spider-Man of that Spider-Man's. 
Yeah. It's a big bit. That's what I hear. Uh, I don't completely hate it, or at least when I saw it in theater, I didn't completely hate it. It's been a really long time. Uh, yeah. The Venom stuff is very badly handled because Sam Raimi just didn't even want to do it. Well, <laughs> yeah, it sounded like. No, like they they made him do it. He's like, yeah, he just didn't want to do it. He wasn't into the character. He doesn't like him, so he just kind of ruined the character in (laughs) in retaliation. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Yeah, so they go to the Riddler's Island. Amazing that they set this up in a week. He he has an actual island, uh, and and they have they they got you know Bruce's uh, mind thing. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So, so inside the Riddler's Island base, he's got like this huge throne where the arms are like gothic statues of crouching dudes, and all the brain power that gets sucked into the giant skyscraper blender on this island goes through like basically this funnel and right onto the throne. So he just sits on the throne and gets smarter as all this green energy goes into his head. It's it's crazy. Like, it's so super villain. It's very super villainy, and it's it's like extremely heightened, like with just you know the the big Greek oh, muscle yeah, guy the, statues and yeah. This set design here, yeah. So they and this is oh, where we get the skin tight costume. One, of, yeah, yeah, the skin tight, not the sequined oh, one yet. Right, because this is where he shows up at batman's house right i forgot oh, about that right we, no he shows up at batman's house at one point because they because this he, is because they find out they they find out that it is bruce wayne is batman because so they come bruce to wayne the house. has an image in his head of a bat coming towards him and nobody but the batman would have something like that yeah and so they like <laughs> show up and it's like oh trick or treat <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's halloween yeah so yeah they get into bruce wayne's house that way um fighting happens uh they they, uh, they destroy the batmobile. the batmobile yeah i completely forgot about all this actually because this <laughs> didn't need another thing that didn't need to be there uh, uh and then i guess they leave yeah i i can't remember exactly I can't remember what it what it is it's uh yeah i don't remember i mean i watched it last <laughs> it week doesn't matter. <laughs> i watched it like a couple hours ago it, it doesn't matter. They they, they, they they head out to Riddler's Island, ultimately. Yeah, to Riddler's to, Island. Uh, to there's a bat that. plane and a bat submarine that I guess the Riddler just didn't see. Right. Uh, um, and they they take each. Like, one yeah, of them takes Robin's the plane. Yeah, Robin's got the sub, and Batman's got the plane. So, uh, what happens? I think the... Sh- oh, yeah. The Two-Face and the Riddler are playing Battleship. <laughs> and oh, yeah. And the mines... And like each of as they're approaching the island, and each of the mines is a number, I guess, and they're just mm-hmm. blowing them playing, up, blowing them up. Yeah. Uh, one of them hits Robin, and uh, he tragically he survives. Yeah, he survives. <laughs> um, somehow they end up on the shore of the island, and Robin's all like, "Holy rusted metal, Batman! What did uh... you say?" And he's like, well, the the metal here, it's all rusted and has holes in it. It's like <laughs> so bad. It's actually my least favorite joke in the movie. It would have been better, actually, I think, if they just played it straight. If he yes. just said, holy whatever. Yes. And then just left it. It's them belaboring the point that makes it so bad. It's painful. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny at the time, but I was also. <laughs> 
I also thought it was cool to hate dumb th- to hate certain things. So you know, that's like, fair, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Riddler's Island uh, has like this big. It rises up into the sky on like this big elevator lift thing. Yeah. And Batman has to go inside it to climb up to the top. Uh, the thugs capture Robin underwater, I guess. Yeah, like Batman is fighting the Riddler in his rocket boots, which are so rad. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, he's got rocket boots, too, and he uses those also to get rid of, like, a falling spike ceiling trap. There's a lot of stuff that happens here. Yeah, it's all just sort of chaotic. It's it's very image-focused. Like, it's it's just a lot of ridiculous images. We This is when Riddler is in his uh, silver outfit. The, yeah, this is the bedazzler Riddler outfit, yeah. and he's got his hair done up all really weird. It's quite a thing. It's so gay. It's very it's so gay. Fabulous. It's it's interesting. And they they set up a death trap thing where where like they they've captured both Robin and Chase Meridian. You don't have time to save both Batman. You can only save one of be. them. Um so Batman saves both. Of course. <laughs> like it, it isn't even like tricky. He just like saves both of them. He just does it. <laughs> he and does then it. He, yeah, basically he just does it. Uh, there's no doubt in there's no tension because it's very clear that he's going to do it. Uh, he shoots something up at like the big disco ball that blows up everything and gives Riddler permanent brain damage. Yeah, he he, he gets disconnected and it you know um, I guess it's it like a hard his... reset of his brain. You know, it's, yeah. it's like a CIA mind wipe. He's back to yeah. zero. Well, we, we got this weird thing of it, like, warping and twisting his skull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this weird effect. Uh, and then Two-Face shows up. is like, oh, you forgot about me. And it's like, man, we've been at this for, like, two hours. Let's let's do the Two-Face fight. And he just and throws Two-Face, a bunch of coins at him. <laughs> he throws a bunch. He's like, Batman's like, wait a second. Before you kill me, don't you have to – aren't you two minds about everything? And it's like, this is kind of the one thing – the one and only thing that he's not two minds about, but whatever. He's like, oh, you're right. I got to flip my coin. So he flips it. And yeah, Batman throws a bunch of coins at him. And he's like, oh, no, my fancy coin that I can't just make another one of. And he falls to his death. Yeah, he he just like straight up falls over because Batman threw some coins at him and dies. And that is how the final villain is conquered in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, and there's just like, you know, uh, Riddler's locked up in Arkham and he thinks he's Batman now. Yep. Right? And and Chase Meridian's like, well, your secret's safe, uh, even though I'm a doctor and it's my job to uh, cure mentally ill patients. Not gonna. Ligma. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. We got like, you know, Bruce and Dick running towards the camera as partners, I guess. Right. Yep. Yeah, um, fun movie. It's uh, a lot of really fun. hard to keep to to track because so much happens. It's like, totally we, chaos. We've skipped entire scenes. I know we have. <laughs> oh, probably because there's just so much that doesn't matter. Like, there's a lot of stuff that absolutely could have been trimmed from this movie. Like, there there was recently uh, a fan campaign of like release the Schumacher cut because this is 
a version that was cut by the studio. There, there are, there's still stuff that has never been seen. Oh my God. There's deleted scenes. There was more. There was more. Uh, and I'd be oh. interested to see it, but yeah. I don't need a longer cut of this movie. I need a shorter. Oh no. yeah. There, there's a bunch of scenes that don't need to be there. You could do with about maybe half of the chase Meridian visits. Oh, right. I wanted to mention her apartment has like one is like, really fancy and gothic and has like a big mural as well kind of like two faces uh yeah right so like what is that one like you you mentioned that in chat and i couldn't recall Um, it's it's huge for starters it's also like a giant loft um it also has like murals on the walls kind of like two faces place it just doesn't look like an evil lair it just looks like it's a lair because, you know, her, it's her, a lair. she's not trying to kill the Batman. She's trying to she's sleep just, with the Batman. She's trying to sleep with the Batman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, a Batman sleeping lair rather than a Batman killing lair. Right, right. Yeah, it's such a strange movie. Like, my, my opinion on it has considerably turned around because, like, I looked at my original rating of it from whenever I last watched it, like, fucking 15 years ago. And I had it rated one star. I moved it up to four stars because it's just such a blast. It's way too long. And that is a problem. Like the editing is its biggest flaw, but it just looks so cool. Uh, It is really visually fun to watch. Yeah. Like such a far cry from like the the black and gray Dark Knight trilogy and whatever the hell came after that. Well, the, I, I think that's a big part of what makes it much more palatable now is we've gone through a decade of like Snyderverse for DC and it's so grim and it's so bleak that just going back to this, it's really refreshing. Okay, so we got so we got to have this question here. Okay. Uh, favorite Batman, uh, uh, favorite Batman and favorite Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah, that's tough because I, I feel that they're very different. For instance, like. Christian Bale, I think, is a great Bruce Wayne, but not a great I Batman. I agree. Worst Batman. Maybe the best Bruce Wayne, though. Fantastic Bruce Wayne. Val Kilmer works as Bruce Wayne. I think he works decently well as both of them. It's he just he's not brilliant as either of them. I think he's pretty hmm. solid, and I would have liked more Kilmer Batman, honestly. I think best Batman is Kevin Conroy from the animated series. That's a pretty good call. Uh, I, I I mean, like, I would not choose Adam West as much as I absolutely love the the '66 Batman series. Oh yeah, but he's not the best one. He's he's a unique I, one. Yeah, I I would agree that probably the animated Batman is sort of the platonic ideal in terms of Batman. For Bruce Wayne, I I yeah, I would say Christian Bale. I, I think yeah, Bale is the best of, Bruce. Now I haven't seen the Batfleck or the Pattinson one that just came Fair. out the other yeah, day. Yeah, neither have I. Yeah, I agree. And I've heard that the Robert Pattinson was really good. I'm I'm actually really looking too. forward to seeing it eventually. I've heard it has jokes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I could go for that in a Batman movie. I like some it's jokes. It's been in a Batman. while since we had a Batman movie with jokes. I think it was the '90s. Uh, yeah. Well, but yes, Joker this one technically had jokes. Joker had jokes, and I do really like that movie. TBF, like it's it's good shit. Uh, all right. Uh, any any last thoughts on Batman Forever before we uh, move on to our last part? Uh, no. All right. Rock on. All right. So we're on into our final section where we talk about movies watched in the past week and decide what we're going to cover next week. Uh, so first up, I've got Julie Darling. 
which is a Canadian, a Canucksploitation movie. I didn't uh, know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, the just Canadian exploitation film is is pretty weird. Uh, it, it's it 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 was kind of government funded in a weird sort of way. There was a lot of tax breaks for movie makers in the eighties. That's kind of how Cronenberg got his start. Oh right, yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of just like weird trashy stuff like this, uh, and and this one has um uh, what's her name, uh, Sybil Danning. Oh, okay. Uh, from L.A. Bounty. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought she was Julie Darling because this is quite a bit younger, but she's actually the step because you see, so it's this teen girl and she's uh, very obsessed with her daddy. And uh, it's it's it, it is uh, very clear about uh, her obsession with him in every way. Ah. Mm-hmm. And she's super antagonistic towards her mom. Uh, and then. This guy breaks in and attempts to rape and murders the mother in front of her. Oh. She does not try to help, <laughs> ultimately. And then the father very quickly remarries. And then she kind of starts figuring out how maybe the same thing could happen to the stepmom. And maybe also she could maybe trap the stepbrother in a fridge and kill him or something, too. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. She, she wants daddy all to herself. Uh, it's a very twisted movie. It's it's quite interesting. All right. Uh, next up, Ham on Rye. Uh, this is a the the most recent film in the set. This is a 2019 movie, and it's like a coming of age movie filtered through late period David Lynch. Oh, okay. Oh boy. <laughs> so, just the the weird rituals and rites of very specific suburban coming of age where it's kind of like everybody's in a cult and then there's a important coming of age ceremonies and what happens to someone who misses one and like their entire peer group just dissolves and no longer exists and they're just isolated from their family and everything it's a very strange thing it plays like horror but it's it's you know a a very you know it's a coming of age concept but played for like weird horror it's totally amazing very me <laughs> all right on uh next up communion this is the true story of whitley striber uh who was abducted by aliens uh it's like i i would have to admit that uh yes i i was i was uh, raped by those aliens uh that that's his thing he's he's oh, a very okay. well-known uh ufo guy he's he's a big figure whitley striber uh and this is christopher walken is him and it's really (laughs) okay okay uh we get a lot of silly looking aliens in rubber suits uh it's got kind of a weird almost erotic thriller guitar score very sleazy it's like a theme by eric clapton Uh, a lot of purple color it's very uh weird like it it feels like a trashy a lot erotic thriller but it's you know the true story you know based on whitley striber's book on his uh abduction and you know incidents with aliens all right Uh, next up is the aftermath uh this is a really lo-fi indie post-apocalypse movie from the early 80s uh, really high effort kind of thing, like okay. uh, in a similar vein to something like uh, uh, Book Walter's Dead Next Door. It's it's a really high effort uh, use of the apocalypse. You get a lot of 
inventive use of abandoned buildings and locations and then you got a lot of fun miniatures and mat shots uh high levels of gore it's it's really ruthless about killing off characters nice. uh, it's it's you know it's it's fun it's very ridiculous uh it's cribbing very heavily from planet of the apes it's basically planet of the apes if, if they got back right after uh they blew it all up <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and and like apes had not risen it's just you know the stragglers uh damn next dirty apes <laughs> you damn dirty wait it's just humans uh next up giants and toys so this is a japanese uh post-war capitalist acceleration satire uh so it's it's a it's following the people who work at a caramel company so it's a very frivolous thing and they're just like super driven to just constantly raise sales and constantly raise sales despite it really being a thing with kind of a ceiling on it right and yeah. so the, this this company they're really going all in on like space stuff and giving away space prizes and uh they've got this one model that they've picked up and she has really bad teeth but she's really eccentric and she's become their spokesmodel and she becomes sort of an instant idol overnight. And it's sort of just following a season of this capitalist acceleration and just everybody just falling into despair and it just not working out. Very <laughs> capitalism interesting. Capitalism not working out, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, couldn't be me. <laughs> uh, next up, who saw her die? Who? <laughs> so this is uh, a giallo. And it's uh, set in Venice. Uh, it's a child murderer in this oh. case. Uh, okay. And uh, it's the daughter of George Lazenby and Nita Strindberg is oh. uh, stalked and murdered. Uh, it's got a really intense, weird score by Ennio Morricone using a children's choir and like rock guitar and drums that just like oh, wow. comes in really clattering anytime the, we get the POV shot of the murderer. Uh, very interesting, really moody stuff. Next up, the big sweat. <laughs> if if you d had not seen the original H.B. Halicky Gone in sixty seconds, this might seem like a pretty decent, like you know, direct to video action thing because it's got an incredibly long car chase in it. Uh, the thing is, it's entirely borrowed from Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it just stole half the movie, like 50 percent of the footage in this movie is oh uh, from Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> and I'm really familiar with Gone in 60 Seconds. That's a great movie. Uh, so I was like, hey, <laughs> and it's just got all these really hilariously bad insert shots of the the few people that they hired for the small portion of this film that's not stolen, uh, primarily Robert Zadar. The great giant-faced Robert Zadar, the biggest face in the biz. Uh, Soul Taker, you might know him as. Uh, uh, he was in Samurai Cop. He was in Samurai Cop. He's one of the main baddies. He is an extremely, extraordinarily happy FBI agent in this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he's sort of the main character. It's incredibly cheap synth stuff. A lot of bad inserts of just him and hilariously angry fake guys in in like cop uniforms who just look mad and who are making driving motions <laughs> it's <laughs> just tons of inserts of them throughout like 
an incredibly long section because like the car chase in Gone in 60 Seconds is like 45 minutes long. Oh, okay. So they just borrow most of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's half the movie. Uh, And yeah, it's, I don't know, it's very, very trashy, but like, I don't know, it's fun to watch Robert Zadar. All right. (laughs) Uh, Next up, The Kid Stays in the Picture, which is a really influential documentary from the early aughts. So this is on Robert Evans, uh, the the movie mogul in the 70s at Paramount. Oh, okay. So he produced a lot of really important movies. He produced the Godfather movies. He right. was just the guy in charge of Paramount up through the 80s. And then uh, his fortunes just incredibly soured overnight. He, he got involved in a bad Coke deal. Uh, oh. And it's narrated by Robert Evans himself based on his own book. Oh. Which was very successful as an audiobook because he's just got a very distinctive but cliched way of talking that has become uh, heavily borrowed since. Like, this is behind the music. So oh, okay. His deal is always, you know, he, he likes to ask questions and then answer them. So like, was I having fun? You bet your ass. That's his kind of thing. He's that guy. Oh, Okay. Uh, so it's it's fun. It's really interesting to just see the craziness of the 70s movie biz. It's all very rapid. It's kind of hard to take all of it in, but, you know, it's fun. I'd, I've read the book as well years ago. Cool. <clears throat> and uh, last one is Kung Fu Wonder Child. <laughs> and this is a crazy 80s Taiwanese maybe children oriented wuxia so kung fu sort of adjacent but much more uh, about sorcery and magic yeah like like more about more of the flying and less of the punching yeah a lot of wire work so it's this young boy uh very androgynous and two goofy disciples of this evil sorcerer he kind of teams up with them to battle this guy because he's got this whole family trapped in clay pots and he's feeding off their soul energy i guess there's also you know classic hopping vampires a whole family of them oh there's a xenomorph fight (laughs) somehow in like a spiritual realm uh, and zombies necessarily. It's of so oh, right. crazy. It's it's hog wild. Uh, really fun. <laughs> that sounds like it. Yeah. So uh, that's that's our picks. Uh, oh, there's a lot of solid stuff here. Interesting stuff in here. Um, let's do the Wuxia one. Kung Fu Wonder Child. Yeah, Kung Fu Wonder Child. All right. We've We've been doing like uh, we've watched a lot of kung fu movies on the side, but I don't remember the last time we covered one. I don't know if we have. No, we never have actually. I I I feel it would be kind of difficult to honestly because they're so fight oriented. But uh, I'd be interested well, to try yeah. at some point. Yeah. Well, we're I guess we're kind of trying now. <laughs> this one is just hog wild crazy. It's it's not a lot of fight oriented. It's just bonkers. Uh, so yes, I think there's lots to talk about there. Cool, cool. Uh, so we've got several additions to the stacks. Uh, first up, Bad Dreams, which, uh, from my understanding, is essentially Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, but without Freddy. Okay. <laughs> it's, Wait, you know, okay. There's, there's people in a psych ward, and they're, like, being attacked in their dreams and uh, being forced to commit suicide in various uh, ex- ridiculous ways. It's, you know, Dream Warriors. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Wolf Pack, which is uh, about this is an '80s movie where this kid comes to a new school and the it's just overrun by the the high school football team who are like an actual fascist organization and they're led by the i guess lead quarterback jack boot butkowski (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, next up stingray Uh, and this is uh so the these two drug dealers are like entrapped by police and they kill the two cops and they stash a million dollars in a corvette stingray and then two cool post hippie 70s dudes buy the corvette so both you know the the drug dealers and the police are after them as they go on a road trip right on uh next up savage three this is the first in the arrow years of lead plizioteschi box so okay. Italian crime thrillers of the 70s. Uh, and this first one's about these three guys who work in a data center. And just at night, they go out and commit random acts of violence to blow off steam. And the sure. police don't know how to track them down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of the big themes in Polizioteschi, from my experience of it, has been sort of the inefficiency and inability of the police force and just like the, the way the system is set up. It's very interesting. Cool, cool. And last to add is Christiana Devil Nun, which is the first in the Severin Nunsploitation box, Nasty Habits. Oh, boy. <laughs> so th- this one sounds like a doozy. The The plot synopsis is there's this nymphomaniac who's having public sex on a plane, and then the plane starts to go down. So you know, it's the whole cliched thing where you know she promises to, she, she vows to enter a convent if the plane doesn't crash, and it doesn't, so she does. But she's still a nymphomaniac, and obviously that just becomes a whole thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's those are the additions. Uh, what are you thinking for our main feature next week? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, are any of these funny? Uh, I mean, or probably, do we know if? Probably a bunch of them. Like, what, what sort of area are you looking at? Yeah, um, like anyway? yeah I'm not yeah anywhere kind of we, we we've done well, like i mean i know malibu express that's from oh, sedaris that's like yeah. the, that's the one before hard ticket to hawaii I never we've saw got that fast one. times at ridgemont high oh you know what let's do that one i never saw that movie but i kept seeing the poster fast somewhere times. yeah yeah, All let's right. do that one. Yeah, it's kind of a high school movie, like classic high school, uh, like comedy. It sort of launched Sean Penn. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, kind of a a big film. I I haven't seen it in years, but it's like it was iconic in my childhood. Already right, cool. Right. So uh, cool. <laughs> an an odd pairing. We've got Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Kung Fu Wonder Child next week. <laughs> it's gonna be a I feel like it's going to be a high-energy one. I believe so. All right. Well, uh, so thanks very much for listening, as always. And keep watching the stacks. Yeah.